Hale Varsity Radio, every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hale Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hale Varsity Radio. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Give to BC now to Bridges. Nearly lost it. Back to Dennis for three. It's good. Tenth made three tonight. Ray J. Dennis knocks it down. Baylor the first team in 49 conference games to hit 10 or more threes against Oklahoma. Five-point lead. Clock dwindling down. Let's be smart. Up top, Santos being overplayed by Clark. Finds Holmes down low, seals off, lays it in. Great tennis, great 64, 57, date by 7, 4.15 to go. That's their biggest lead of the game. 10 on the shot clock. 55 on the game clock. Hepburn and Plesma just playing catch. Here's Chucky for three, right side. Good night! Chucky Hepburn with the triple 11-point lead, Wisconsin. That's the closer Badger fans know and love. Cross-court Shireman into the corner. Trey, another three. He's perfect. Holy cow. Trey Alexander, five points, bank three-pointer, 64-45. Good morning. Welcome into Herd Out Sports Radio here on AM590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. I'm Ravi Lula. DB here with me. What's up? Three days in a row. Hey. Are we trending? We're doing it. I we're think three's the trend, right? Tr- tr- yep. Once is a fluke, twice is a coincidence, three's the trend. Coincidence, fluke, trend. Okay. Wait, coincidence happens before fluke? I don't know. I think fluke should happen before coincidence. I, I, I used to say it all the time, and then all of a sudden I stopped. But yeah, <laughs> kind of got away from me. You know what I noticed today? We're, we're, we're trending, though. What's that? You're wearing Nebraska gear. I know, right? You almost never wear Nebraska gear off the broadcast. It's unbelievable. Look at you. You're a changed man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, um, we probably shouldn't have brought that up. What? That you wearing gear? Yeah. Why? Although people can see me, so it yeah. I was gonna matter. say we're on camera, so you're on candid cam. Yeah. So I'm 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 in on the Nebraska gear. There, there it's, you go. It's, it's okay to wear. It was always okay to wear. You just had like just, a thing. Yeah, I just didn't feel comfortable about the self promotion. Like I wasn't unnecessarily trying to draw attention to myself, so I never. I always thought you were overthinking that, if I'm being honest. Well, that, like, that's probably the 2,000th time somebody told me that. <laughs> it's like, hey, it's, should you do this? Should you do this? Oh, well, with your kid. Oh, man, hey, to be honest, man, I think you're overthinking it. Weird, you don't say. No, I just mean with the gear specifically. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? So, Because um, you don't look I, less like Damon Benning without a Nebraska shirt on. So, you know what I mean? Y- yeah, probably. <laughs> But I'm I'm also, you know, like if somebody's gonna know who you are, so for they're years they're gonna know with or I'm without just, the end. I'm just telling you, okay, man. Go ahead, for go ahead. years, um, I I wanted people to to know me and understand things about me for stuff other than Nebraska. No, I get it. So I didn't self promote. I get that. I'm just saying, if people are gonna know who you are, but now it's not a it's a it's bigger than me. So yeah, well, you know, okay. obviously Caleb's <laughs> going and a guy did sit next to a guy. Bless his heart. Last night we were at uh, Mon North, and I'm in the very far corner. I'm I, I have familiar places where yeah. I sit, right? And it's almost always a corner, right? Right. <laughs> c- c- couldn't get anybody 
you know, to my right or to my left. But actually, you could. But the aisle split us. And this older guy, bless his heart, he has a little grandson with him, and and uh, just wanted to to ask me a, a lot of football questions. And and I was probably like in hindsight, like if I was watching me, mm-hmm. uh, probably wasn't the most engaging. Sure. I occasionally made eye contact. I'm probably more talking across the aisle. Mm-hmm. And uh, at at the very end, he he goes, I don't know, this was after like five questions. Like we asked about Rayola and, and Thomas. and I mean, he's obviously a big fan. Yeah, knows what he's talking about. And uh, he says, ha, got to say. Now, Caleb did just hit a, made a three or something like that or some weird play he made. And I got to say, he's going to be better than you are. <laughs> It's the only time I kind of looked at him and I was like, yeah, that's kind of what you want as a parent. I'm good with it. <laughs> that's and I, such like a oh, that's I, such an out-of-pocket thing to say oh, to somebody. Dude, it was hilarious. And I, yep. agree with, I agree with it, he's though, gonna, right? It, yeah, yeah I, but it's still wild it to is. say. It, it was just his delivery, too. It was funny. Well, he's going to be better than you were. And <laughs> across the – I was going to say across the ring, across the the gymnasium. Yeah. Um, you know, nobody really texts during games, but so I don't really pay attention to my phone unless I'm watching scores. And I had to set my library for Creighton in North Carolina. And uh, I get this text and it says, ah, you're looking awful comfortable over there. Just kind of relaxing. I looked at it and it was Tyson Terry. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, because we're at North, right? So it's it's kind of like old homecoming week. And, and I said, where are you sitting? And right as I hit send, I should have known because he and his reply was, uh, I, I got the white, I got my white tracksuit on mm-hmm. in in the middle on the on the north side. He's like N O R F, you know, with a <laughs> smiley face. So I kind of took a quick peek, and there's this massive individual in white, a white zip up, white pants. It's Adidas. <laughs> Like you couldn't miss him yeah, if well, I was when you're paying that attention, big and you're wearing all white. No, I'm serious. So, <laughs> one of the few people, and it was cool because the, the the whole family was over there. Like David O'Neill and the sides, like just good people were over there. And I went over there to say hello. And this was during the game, which is even more rare. Actually, it was halftime. Hello, friend. Hello. So I gave him a hug, mm-hmm. and I was mortified. I'm like, in my head. You know, we laughed and, and yucked mm-hmm. it up. We talked about a lot of things. Norris got a couple new players, and and uh, I just put my arms around him. I'm like, H- you're a huge individual. <laughs> yeah, he's a big dude. No, no. <laughs> like you have to, you have to like see him. Yeah. <laughs> like like just you know get, like Nebraska is getting a good one. Yeah. Yeah, and. I hope. I don't know. I know. Listen, I've heard. You know, all conference caliber offensive linemen potentially could be a great center, a great guard. He's never loved playing O line. I hope that he flourishes along the defensive line because that's what he's really. He's really, and they'll give him a chance. I mean, he's going to get. You get to start out doing what you want, and they'll probably move you if you if if they have to. Yeah, move where they need you to. He is. I was. I thought about that the whole way home. I got, <laughs> I got in the car, and I sat on this for like a half, or, or you know, for yeah. a while. And I got in the car. I said to Caleb, "I go, man." I said, 
I Tyson Terry is a monster. Yeah. And Ding Dong in the back seat. He's all he could say was, "Man, I love that guy." <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever. I know you guys are they're boys, but I just. I saw Don, you know Donovan Jones up yeah. close, who has definitely spent time in the weight room. Yeah, like he's a lot of people. A lot of people think of him as like kind of a sleeper in this class. See, I love him probably more as a person. Yeah, but I but I'm but I'm on the like I'm on the I'm on the D Jones hype train for sure. Uh, Remember, I put him on one of my three sleepers. You did. <laughs> <laughs> Could I get three? <laughs> Can I do a super six and then do twelve? Hey, more his little brother's gonna be nice too. <laughs> TK in the chat. They, they look just alike. TK in the chat says Tyson Terry. How did you miss Tyson Terry in that gym? <laughs> oh, dead serious. He looked like a he looked like a fit snowman. <laughs> Fitz. Like, well, he's the only one yeah. in all white. Yeah, but yeah. but you gotta. First of all, it's I wasn't trying to be like, you know, I spent nine years in that building, <laughs> right? right. So, yeah. So I wasn't like it wasn't like old home week, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. You didn't want it to be. You got, you got game to play. Yeah, absolutely. So I went early because I, wa- I like to watch the ladies play. My cousin plays for the girls' team or for Westside. And, and uh, so I wasn't, like, overly social. I had to go talk to Coach Martin for a while, and he's still one of the best people on the planet. But he is uh, – I, I was – and we opened with them. Yeah, about yeah. that. Oh, wow. I, I don't know Coach Martin. Obviously not like you do. I've only interacted with him a couple times on the air. One of my favorite high school coaches that we talked. He's to a great person. Is is Coach Martin? Yeah, like I, like I, I, I go to bat for him for sure. Good, good dude. So you were at Omaha North last night. I was at Creighton Georgetown last night. Not exactly a barn burner. Didn't seem like a lot of people were at Creighton Georgetown. Last well, they night. were early. Yeah, because it was at, dollar beer night. Right, I get it. But by halftime, when it was a nineteen point lead. A lot of people decided it was time to vacate. I'll be totally honest. I get up at 5.30 to do a morning show. I left with under at the under eight oh, uh, did you? in the second half. Because, yeah. I mean, as soon as Baylor Shireman got his triple-double, I was like, all right, I'm good here. How about – so I'm watching it this, this morning uh, and, and late into last night where depending on what, what, what your clock allows you to – you know, whatever your body clock says. <laughs> yeah. So I went back after watching the majority of that. I'm like – Wait a minute. Did the majority of his misses come behind the arc? Because yes. I think he's shooting yeah. 50%. He, so seven of his eight misses yeah, were think, from behind the arc. I think he was one for... Two of nine. Two for, oh, yeah, because he hit one later. And he was six of 14 from the floor. Yeah. He was not good. That I, not that I committed that to memory. He was good from the, he was good from the floor. Or from, the, from two. Would you have guessed there would have been a triple-double before that? I knew... So I had already known this. Because this had happened a couple times mm-hmm. where... Earlier, guys were chasing. Yeah, earlier this year, Baylor had gotten within like an assist or something. Uh, Trey was within an assist or a rebound earlier at one point this year. So I knew that outside of the – there had not been a traditional triple-double. So when we say that, it's points, rebounds, assists, right? But only Benjamin had a ton with blocks. Yeah. So like he had a bunch of triple-doubles with blocks. Uh, but he never – nobody in 104 years of Creighton basketball had ever had one, points, rebounds, assists. I, it kind of makes sense that Shireman with his skill set – Right, like mm-hmm. he's a big guy, and, and statistically, what he's accomplished over his career fits right in with yeah who he's been. I mean, during the game or before the game, they announced the you know the two thousand point thousand rebound five hundred assist three hundred threes. I think was the 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 categories. The only person in men's college basketball history to do that. And well, isn't that special? 
And so it kind of like fits the whole, you know, yeah. stat sheet stuff. Yes, Although our guy Jacob Badilla and I were kind of sitting there. Did you get Jacob to come up and help me? I told him he needs to. I'm uh, going to call. So what should like, we give him? Maybe uh, till 8? Oh, he no, I, I mean, I go 9 at least. Why? Well, he sleeps in. I, again. Well, okay. So he, he was he did the he did he was up last night watching the game. Then he does his story. Then he does a post game pod. They held off the Kings, right? They didn't begin the dub. Yeah, the Phoenix did. Yeah. yeah. So but he sh- he should have had. Uh, he should be in a good mood. Yeah, sugar plum fairies. But I, <laughs> but we think he gets to rim. Oh, I don't know. He seems like one of those guys that's never like a deep sleeper. Who just wakes up and regurgitates stats. He's just ready to go. <laughs> He's just ready to watch more basketball. Um, no, but we were talking about when they were kind of – and we're like, listen, it's an incredible accomplishment by Baylor, right? It's like if you put enough qualifiers on something, everybody can be the first ever to do something. Aw, are you kind of low-key diminishing it or what are we No, doing? I just think it's kind of funny. Like they're all legitimate stats, right? But sometimes you kind of – like on TV broadcasts they do this a lot. Where they're like, hey, he's the first. Between 12.01 p.m. Yes. and, and 2.46 like, p.m. If you on, put enough qualifiers on Tuesday, on it, you know, January 9th. Like I told him, I'm probably the highest scoring, under six foot tall, diabetic Indian college basketball player <laughs> at any level of all time. That's tough. Probably. <laughs> right? Like you put does, enough qualifiers does, on does it. Does diabetes run rampant in the Indian population? I, not that I'm aware of. Okay. I just, you know, I, maybe that could be it. And if I need to, I could throw on the type one instead of, you know, just in case. Wait, hey, is can it, you help me get my hands on some Ozempic or is that, <laughs> is that frowned upon? I mean, I can tell you what doctors to go to. <laughs> I kid because I care. I know it's a craze that swept the nation. Listen, you just try to get that Kardashian body. I get it. Um, so was that really her with the black hat on entering the arena the other day? Because she never looked up. I have no idea. Oh, you're not a pop culture guy either. No, I am. I just didn't see it. Oh, okay. Well, that's probably a good thing. Well, you know, I, I did see people freaking out about Megan Fox yesterday. What was that about? Well, she just looks a lot different now than Yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of good, good docs. Not good genes. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. That's not. It's not hating. Yeah, I, it's not for me. But you know, S- second and five, maybe second and four. <laughs> yeah, I used to be a big fan. I, I was like Transformers days. I was a big fan. Was that pre any? I think so. I think so. Like okay, okay. Because she was pretty. I mean, I think she was like early twenties then. Yeah, I, I was not really a Transformers guy for a guy that loved the toys. That, see, and I w- didn't care about I, – like, I liked the toys, but I'd never watched the cartoons or anything. Hey, Liquid. But I was big into that, that movie. What's the, ter- what's the term I'm looking for for how they used to make the ma- – what were the Matchbox cars and Transformers made out of? Diecast. Thank you. Yep. I didn't know you were, if you were old enough. Uh, Did they have die- diecast stuff when you were a kid? I think when I was really young, but I just remember things. Yeah, we were, die- we were diecast kids, right, Shane? The Hot Wheels are diecast, all that stuff, yeah. Okay. That they is- were made better. That and lead and paint. Well, that was not made better. No, you don't want that. No, I'm just talking about what kind of kids we are. You the wonder what's going on in our <laughs> medulla oblongata. It is. I am after the lead paint era. That's more you guys. No, I wasn't. Your, bless your heart. I wasn't as lucky as like maybe you, Damon, because my uh, my transformers they were uh, plastic. They weren't die cast. Really? Yeah, they were cheap knockoffs. I waited for Coach Huffman to get all the good toys, and then I, <laughs> then I I'd play with his stuff. And then you. And you're like, hey, I'm just going to borrow this real quick. Man, dude had like the Millennium Falcon. And oh, he had the good stuff? Oh, yeah. You know Yo, what? I- so the one thing that I did have, I was a big, 
He-Man guy. So I knew this about you. That so you were I had, the He-Man. Uh, yeah, I had Castle Grayskull, and I collected the the action figures. I wanted more than anything in the world when I was a kid. I wanted there was like this Power Ranger sword. I'm not a Power Rangers guy. I was I when I was a kid. Thought it was kind of weird. Well, you were too old by that point. I, I just didn't get the whole Cirque du Soleil and rainbow gear. I, I, I mean, listen, I was a big, I was a big Green Ranger guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Kind of weird. Well, listen, <laughs> it was right in my wheelhouse, timeline wise. Um, <laughs> so back to the triple doubles. We are and qualifiers. We are, I mean, it's just a little funny, right? Like, if you put enough qualifiers on anything. No, it was it was it was a bad night because you know what you didn't need a qualifier on. What's that? Losing three out of your last five and let Syracuse get their first oh, win against the AP dude. top ten team. I saw that so since I'm, nineteen. So I'm I'm kind of scrolling through Twitter and stuff and paying attention because you know like Indiana State got knocked off yesterday, which basically screwed their at-large our, bid. Our guy was with the goggles, <laughs> Richie Avila. Um, <laughs> If I was, like, good at basketball, I, that's how I imagine I would have looked on a D1 stage. Yeah. Just kind of like, that doesn't make a lot I, of sense. I wore rec specs, so I got no Did hate. you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't have I, any. I used to think I was Eric Dickerson. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're closer to Eric Dickerson than I was to Richie Avila. So. Yeah, I was like 5'4". <laughs> nothing about me that was E-Dick. Okay. Um, but not exactly a long strider. We got <laughs> Didn't have that real upright running style? No. Um, did you get a uh, – never mind. I'm not going to ask that question. Um, I don't want to know. The <laughs> it's about to make an SMU joke there. Um, <laughs> Pony Express, baby. I just uh, Pony Excess. That one was of the, the best 30 for 30s. 30. That yeah, was legit. I love that I'll one. I'll take it. I've I, been obsessed with SMU, that whole thing, since I was a kid. Yeah. I, my favorite was probably the, the best that never was. Oh, yeah. Uh, Marcus, Marcus Dupree. Dupree. That was yeah, because one. we we met him when he was in Omaha. Yeah, that's and, a re- uh, that was a really good one. Yeah, I'm I'm, so I'm I'm a big Marcus Dupree guy. The Marcus Dupree one was good. Uh, the first, and I get it. Miami one was really good. The the, the whole mark like not really loving the game, just yeah. being good at it. Yeah, it, you know, uh, I think that used to that caught people. Bo was Bo Pelini was the first one that turned people on to that really because he he occasionally would say mm-hmm. he'd be recruiting guys or guys would be playing. And um, he'd say, you know, he really lo- he loves loves the game, mm-hmm. loves to play. And we assume we make that assumption, a- yeah, right? Yeah, and and I'm like, well, why do you, you know, why do people keep saying that? Like, what else do you do? But you can tell the difference be- when, like, as a coach, you can tell the difference way more than fans can, right? Because you see the work they have to put in every day, and either the work they do or don't put in every day. Because that's you don't. Everybody loves games, yeah. right? If you play, you probably love the actual playing of a game Mm -hmm. it is the process to get to that game that's how you know tom brady loved football because until he was 45 years old and two families later he loved football more than he loved doing anything else he was in his because you think man if i had one tenth of that talent is i would i would they think they're wasting something Mm -hmm. right and maybe they are but it's theirs to waste also right they don't owe you anything so it's frustrating sometimes. You know, I think about it at, at a higher level, right? Guys that make the NBA, but sort of, I get mad at Luka Doncic for this. Because obviously he's having a huge early part of his career, really, really talented, really, really productive. But I get mad because he has the skill set to play the game in a special way, and he's chosen it to play like James Harden. That makes me mad. 
No, I don't see. Why would you use him as the example? You had me up until the specials. He's not an elite level jumper. No skills, He's, skills, okay. not not physical. So you're talking about, but but again, yeah. You can develop skills. You can. So, but not everyone does. You can go get that. So so why are you mad at him for? Like, I would be mad at him for, like, not wanting to be in the gym or not wanting to be more so, fit or, like, the skills that he sure. has. He's obviously developed to play the game at a high level. He's not cheating it that way. No, he's not cheating it that way. Because he's defying the odds physically. What? No, for sure. Absolutely. Although he's, like, 6'9", which helps. Yeah, okay. I mean, it listen. does. If he was 6'2", he's not in the NBA. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that are over 6'5 that can't play dead. I No, I understand that. <laughs> so. I understand that. But – the, the height helps. Like 99.9% of the people that are 6'5". <laughs> Can't play dead. <laughs> Probably more than that, actually. But, no, what makes me mad. I wanted to give myself some wiggle room. And what makes me mad is not the fact that he's cheating his, that he's leaving something on the table in terms of not maximizing his ability. What makes me mad about him is I think he's cheating us of a more beautiful product. He's pretty good. He is pretty good. It's not that fun to watch. And I'm not a Luka guy, so. Oh, he's really good. It is not that fun to watch. Yeah. James Harden was really good, was not that fun to watch. That's the difference. Steph Curry, super fun to watch. Oh, get out of here. On Valentine's Day, the most commercial made holiday ever. Love that, man. You get a Steph Curry reference in the first 21 minutes. Absolutely. Good on you. Listen, (laughs) it's about stuff we love today. Steph Curry. Love that, man. Um, I want to set up the show. Shane, what game show was that where the guy said, circle gets a square? Uh, that's Hollywood Squares. I should have probably done that. You're two for two with me deferring to Shane. Well, yeah, I'm a little <laughs> offended here that you're just. Okay, so <laughs> should I just. You are old. You are older than you really are in terms of your mind, like yeah. your recall. So I probably should defer more. I mean, you know. But you're not a pop culture guy, really, are you? No, I am. Okay. I'm, like, big into TV, movies, music. Yeah, I forgot. You like a lot of bad movies. They make me feel bad. I'm not watching them. <laughs> Nobody can do I that. I want joy. I like them. I'm not saying they're good. Like, so, I can recognize the difference between something enjoyable and something good. Yeah. Right? Like, The Joker was a good movie. It was not an enjoyable movie to watch. Did you watch The Batman? I did. I didn't think that was good or enjoyable. Oh, my gosh. I have real plot issues with The Batman. Okay, we're... I, We'll get to that. I, I, I'm going to stay because I'm pot committed now. <laughs> but You and me both, brother. <laughs> it's like I'm contemplating having to get my little narrow behind on up I'm, and back. I'm like, just saying. Who says that? It, if, if you're on that Ozempic, that note behind would be even narrower. Um, <laughs> Hook a brother up, man. HBU. I don't like have a stockpile, man. <laughs> Do you know people? No, so, <laughs> so what I was going to say on this commercially made holiday yeah. uh uh, a day of hearts gets two squares. <laughs> no big deal. That would be us. We, circle, we've got circle com- gets a square. What show is up? that? I don't know, Hollywood Squares. <laughs> Listen, I know a lot. I of, probably should have probably should have understood that. I know a little about a lot, all right? Um, Just enough to make it dangerous. <laughs> exactly. Ew. We've got Brian Christopherson, Husker 24-7, coming up at 8. Andy Kendi from KETV coming up at 8.30. And our very own Anna Bellinghausen from Herd at Sports coming up at 8.43. At 9 o'clock, we're going to do a Who Do You Love? Our favorite random athletes. And by random, I mean no all-stars allowed. 
of all time. Okay, I got you. We'll come up, that's coming up at 9. We're also going to wrap up some Super Bowl questions. I got burning a hole in my pocket for DB. Yeah, we got to talk a little Jordy Ball, too. We do got to talk a little Jordy Ball. All that coming up next here on Herd Out Sports Radio. Listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Welcome back to Hurt at Sports Radio here on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri Cities. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. I'm Ravi Lula. That's DB. We got Shane Schilberg producing for us as well. Want to tell you about our friends at the team. Jack Foundation. The 11th annual Team Jack Gala presented by Fat Brain Toys is coming up on February 24th in Lincoln. The event will feature Bryant Young, Pro Football Hall of Famer, as the keynote speaker. Bryant Young was a dominant force for Notre Dame and then played 14 seasons with my San Francisco 49ers. Bryant's son, Colby, passed away from brain cancer at just 15 years old, so he understands firsthand what families affected by childhood brain cancer have to undergo. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to get involved. You can find out more about the event. You can make donations directly on the website. That's teamjackfoundation.org. Why are you tugging at my heartstrings? Early, early? I know. Listen, you did it to me yesterday. It's not my fault, man. We love Team Jack. we got to tell people about it. I understand. I know it hit you and, in the feels. And it, it, they do such a good job. They too. do. And, I mean, I was a big Bryant Young guy, too. I, I remember. I was a big Bryant Young guy. Yeah. Yeah, I was a huge Bryant Young fan. I don't like know. Like those mid-'90s, late-'90s Niners. I don't know if Jill would or, or Byron, my brother and sister-in-law would, like, let you come see Lennox. Yeah. But you have, like, she has these huge blue eyes. <laughs> And she's kind of tough, yeah. like for a fifth, for fourteen months. Yeah, I think she's December eighteenth, nineteenth, somewhere right around there. And uh, like, you you'd be encouraged. I'm I'm trying to get. A, I've got a couple of uh, items. They're doing a music bingo uh, event to to fundraise for sure. Yeah. In, on in March. And so I have some I have some secret good gifts, but I'm wondering if you reach a point of diminishing returns where you don't tell people mm. ahead of time what they can get. Yeah. Kind of got to surprise them a little bit. But then you want people to be prepared. Yeah. You got to come with the checkbooks ready. Natalie and Brulia, I'm torn. <laughs> <laughs> so I, ha- I have a, I have a, nobody uses checkbooks of those things anymore, right? You got like a, v- a Venmo like QR code or something. Yes. I, look, who you? <laughs> Never mind. You can't who, even tell. Yeah, who are you check- talking Never to? Mind. <laughs> Like, oh, I just realized I have a QR code thing on my phone like six months ago. <laughs> and it was because I was going to Little King. And I was like, what is this deal? Yeah. And I gave my phone to the dude inside at Little King, and he set it up for me. That's the most DB thing <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. Like, I can see, because you do that to me when you're like, hey, figure this out. Yeah, like, and I'll do, yeah, right? <laughs> you, like, go get the iPad in the morning, and you're like, hey, turn the TVs on. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I can just see you, like, handing this, like, 17-year-old Little King's employee yep. your phone and be like, hey, yep. do it for me. Yep. <laughs> Dude could have disappeared, ran off, By the had, way, some, an, um, had some amazing contacts in his phone, and I would have been like, 
I just wanted the QR code. <laughs> but did you do the QR code? <laughs> um, <laughs> look. <laughs> I was at the grocery store the other day, and I've known this. Like, I'm in there quite a bit. Yeah. And she's like one of the nicest people in, in the world, and they have a couple of really huge fans. So, like, the first six months I was going in there, nobody really said anything. Mm-hmm. And I would go to, like, off-brand hours. Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, you have a weird job or whatever. And um, This job, weird? No. So my hands were full, and I was at the self-checkout, mm-hmm. and I was trying to type in cilantro. And, of course, that's the bad thing about self-checkout. Like, you, it, it can be a little... Uh, Cumbersome. Good word. Yeah. Good, good word. So my hands were full, so I set my my wallet down where you're supposed to put the the baggage deal Mm -hmm. and so the lady comes over and helps me and she's busy telling me these her whole life like i i know everything about this lady yeah and and i go shoot i said should i do uh i said the my tap thing isn't working on the deal and she said well just hit cash and she said do you have cash and i said yeah i have some cash and she goes can i just grab it for you so she i said yeah go ahead my wallet is right there so she just opened my wallet and like grabbed me a 20 and counted out four ones like i've known this lady my whole life i don't you know what i mean so at some point it's going to come back and yeah, bite me certainly but is. i needed help it's so i felt vulnerable Stop taking advantage of the vulnerable, Ravi. I didn't do anything. I didn't steal your wallet. Uh, Speaking of which. I don't carry one of those lousy things. Speaking of which, Jacob, we do need you to come fix this tweet deck. Um, Yeah, man. (laughs) Your boy is scrambled like eggs over here. It's like, what is going on? Numbnuts over here can't send me an email. Uh, David, is this is it D bidding twenty one? Is this it? It says, yeah, Shane, that's it. Why isn't the email coming through? Come. Hey, Robbie, can you send me an email? Weird, I get it. It's true. We have a, a very efficient system of getting you the link every morning. That's okay. We got it done. Um, I have one question. Yeah. Since we're doing irrational loves later on. Yeah. I know you said they like he or she can't be like an um, all star. All stars. That was my that was my qualifier. What if they have potential? Oh, so like early on. Yeah. So that's fine. All of mine are old. So I have I have like one or two currents. Okay. No, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Like Lenny Pinto. Okay. I have a I have an irrational love for. That's totally fair. Now he could be really good. Yeah. He's I mean, kind of green in his career at Nebraska. Yeah. On the mat, but. No, that's fine. So does, does, would he count? I'm going to be honest. If for a a more, and this is not an insult, a more niche sport like wrestling, like a less mainstream sport. But why did you need the, why did you need the quantifier? Because. I, I feel some type of way. No, because it is a less mainstream sport. The The standard is higher for what makes them random or not. Because most, like Nash Hutmacher wouldn't be a random wrestler, right? Because he's from football and he's. You know, more famous than but my my man Lenny Pinto would be. Yes, because yeah, he's the mainstream is going to be less aware of okay. Lenny than. So I guess we won't talk about Lenny Pinto. At we can't because no, I kind of gave that away. I just wanted to know. No, you can. I think I it, gave you a random like Matt Kemp, and you like looked up that he was an all star and said I couldn't use him. Who fawns over Matt Kemp other than Rihanna from like two thousand six? <laughs> all I'm saying is, as soon as you said Matt Kemp, and then I looked it up to make sure. But as soon as you said Matt Kemp, I was like, oh, no, he's too good to be random. 
because he was really good for a minute. Yeah, but that's fine. But it's not like he's on the lips of many. Not anymore. There was a, he had a moment in Major League Baseball. He let a fly ball bounce off his <laughs> noggin. Like, <laughs> so did Jose Canseco. Oh. Not random. <laughs> well, I'm just telling you, juice eventually erodes away at your brain. Allegedly. Note to all you kids out there out here cheating in high school. <laughs> Not uh, that I know of any. Allegedly. <laughs> just saying. This is a hypothetical situation that DB is talking about. Here. You can't have OJ or what? Un- Stick to sports. Unfortunately, what is not a good situation is that Jordy Ball. Injury. Yeah, just I'm so bummed. That's a heartbreaker. Yeah, I mean, first game of the season, and man, somebody sent me the video because I didn't see it. So full disclosure, yeah, I know he comes up on this. Sh- I'm gonna stop talking about him, but my, so I have so like probably the most diehard of the Husker fans that I know because mm-hmm. he it covers all the sports. He likes softball. He like he'll watch anything. My my man, degenerate Aaron. Oh yeah, yeah. Shoning. So, um, he's like, hey, you know, Nebraska, Washington, up up here in a few. So of course I'm I'm looking at all my ways to enjoy television, whether I'm gonna get it or not. Mm-hmm. Like, what do I have to do? Because sometimes you gotta yeah, yeah. circumvent the system. Yeah. And, you know, Team VPN. <laughs> Whoa, whoa. Just saying. Whoa. Oh, we got to check that betting out. <laughs> I'm kidding, but not really. No, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. So anyway, <laughs> when I watched it the first time, I thought I was praying it was a foot. Mm, as soon, so I. I thought it, I was, I was like, oh man, be a foot. How like maybe foot? she like rolled the ankle a yeah, little bit. Yeah, how about, you know, how about, how about a foot? Because you could see that happening you have where. 237 trillion bones in your foot. How about a foot? Right. And, you know, you're landing. Trillion maybe a little high. A little high. A little high. Several dozen, I think. A <laughs> um, couple dozen, maybe. At the majority of your bones are in your hands and feet. Yeah, there's a lot of little tiny bones yeah. in there, and it's, you know. Um, but you were kind of hoping, right, that maybe she just landed in kind of a soft spot on the mound mm-hmm. or like just a little bit of, you know, a wiggle in the foot and kind of made her. But I'll be honest, when, when somebody sent me that video day it happened, I go, oh, that's an ACL. Did you? Immediately. Yeah, well, I, note to self, we're going to stop watching sporting events together because <laughs> Mr. Do? Doom and Gloom. <laughs> I mean, it's not Doom and Gloom if it's right. Oh, you're watching Greenlaw and you're like, ah, that's an Achilles. No, I did. I tweeted that out in real time. <laughs> I go, oh, I go, WTF, did Greenlaw just tear his Achilles trying to run back on and the I, field? And for a guy that's watched it, it happened to Tony Veland one time just going through a little demo drill for yeah. the Omaha Beef, and he snapped his Achilles. I'm like, he moved like one foot. Yeah. Literally. That's it. Yeah. Awkward. Achilles are weird injuries. Drink more water, kids. Ooh. Coming up next, we'll wrap up our number one, and we'll probably talk a little bit about sports at some point here on Herd Out Sports Radio, AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. You're listening to Herd at Sports Radio. Wrapping up hour number one here on Herd at Sports Radio, AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We are live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. You know, we were talking earlier about how Nebraska native uh, Baylor Shireman had a triple-double for Creighton, but Omaha native Frankie Fiddler 
is in the top 20 in NCAA Division I scoring. And he's getting his own commercials now. And he's leading the Omaha Maverick men's basketball team in a run for the conference title. The Maverick men are at home against South Dakota on February 15th. That's tomorrow. And South Dakota State on February 17th. That's Saturday. Do not miss these epic matchups. Get your tickets now by calling the box office 402-554-MAVS or by going to omavs.com slash ticks. Let's pack the Baxter. February 15th. That's tomorrow. Yeah. That's the day after today. Okay. Because today's the 14th. I, I, I had my couple of moments. <laughs> okay. So let's just go ahead and move. How about Jed? I mean, he is something else. And it wasn't that bad. Like, No, I didn't think it was that bad. I think it was your response to circle gets a square, and you were like, Hollywood squares? I mean, you were asking. I was just giving you the answer. I'm just trying to be helpful here, DB. My That's... man on the egg said, can you tell us which game it is where you spin a wheel and you could win a fortune? <laughs> wow! It wasn't that bad, Jed. The sarcasm from Jed just totally. Dude, he, he oozes it, too. Totally unnecessary. How it's dare it. you, sir? It, it's, it's, um, fi- it's fine. It's No, it's, it's all right. It's, it's fine. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, I had some. You want to get to Tony White or you want to get Super Bowl questions? So, flip a coin. Let's do Tony White first. Yeah. So, I listened to a couple podcasts yeah. yesterday that were sent to me. Yeah? Yeah. I got a... I have what I call an informant. Uh-oh. No, he's he's a good dude. Like, And he he listens to a ton of pods, mm-hmm. and he's very connected yeah. to some to certain schools. Um, so he sent me a, a, a couple of podcasts yesterday from the UCLA website. Mm-hmm. And uh, the national perception of Tony White mm-hmm. may be greater than the local perception of Tony White. So people nationally think better of Tony White than people UCLA, UCLA. people think better oh, of Tony White. Than nationally? Yeah. Well, that's a little surprising. I think it is, too. Because I would have thought maybe the opposite. Because yeah, especially since they've hired some bad they've, – they've taken on some bad alums before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And I, I don't – I really don't know about this Deshaun Foster hire. Like, yeah. obviously, Deshaun was a – more prominent player at UCLA than Tony White was. Yeah, and, and the guys were saying, like, UCLA hasn't hired a sitting head coach since Prothrow, which was before, right? before Terry. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, before Terry. Um, they, so these guys on the pod that I was listening to were talking about some of the infrastructure and stuff that's wrong with UCLA. UCLA. Yeah. And they're personally holding Chip Kelly responsible. But you go back and look at the wins and losses and kind of where they were headed. Yeah, they, he seemed like they were going in the right direction. I felt like he would be held in a little better regard, but yeah. apparently... Because it took a minute, but he started getting them going. He, he ne- n- never embraced what well, is like UCLA. The, in what sense? I think alienating st- like staff... Mm. Um, never really got NIL going. So that's Didn't where embrace the old tradition. The NIL stuff and the transfer portal stuff, not transfer portal as much because he seemed like they were, he was trying to be active there. Yeah, but you've, you've had Darrell, you've had Neuheisel. Like, I would imagine they would be a little jaded over yeah, alums. You would think. But, but according to most, and I asked a couple of my guys in Carolina, like, Deshaun, I was, a little, I was surprised, obviously. Yeah, I didn't. I, didn't, I mean, we did the resumes. We didn't have him on the radar. And But Deshaun Foster is se- seems to be of Im- impeccable character. 
But my guy said he did the math, you know, because I said, I still can't believe the Deshaun Foster hire. And he said, I, I should have brought my readers, um, but it's amazing, amazing statistically. He said, um, retaining their chief of staff was, was kind of uh, a key thing and not having to pay assistance to two-year contract buyouts definitely played in the decision to hire Foster. It had to. I did the math. An assistant coach buyouts would have been in the 7 to $8 million range. That well, because seems... they're usually on two-year deals. Mm-hmm. So if they're at the front end of that, you're having to pay out two years' worth of salary. So that seems about right. Correct. But you're left holding in the bag in February. You are, but I'm also – if you're – I mean, just look at some of the buyouts that we've seen nationally. If you're quibbling over seven or eight million dollars, and I get that's a lot of money, but in college football, it's not a lot of money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it can be a lot of money and also not be a lot of money. I mean, even Maryland's paid buyouts, and they've had they've been subsidized. That's what I mean. Like I get that UCLA doesn't have any money really. I, I get that there's they're in a weird financial spot right now, but if you're quibbling over seven or eight million dollars, and that's how you make your hiring decision, you probably made a bad decision. Or you made a you may have you may get lucky and have made a good decision, but you made it for a bad reason. I thought physically looking at the the teams coming in. Mm-hmm. Now everything's changed with Washington. Yes, totally different. Program. Total wild card now. Yeah, I have no idea what to expect from them. But I felt like Oregon and and UCLA were best equipped. Yeah, with their style of play. I thought Washington was interesting because they're more physical than they got credit for. Yeah, although I they were a little smoke and mirrory up front on the offensive line. They, yeah, they could be. They were. I mean, they got handled pretty good by Michigan. They did, but everybody talked about how physical Oregon was, and they took care of Oregon twice. Yeah, so I went back and watched the second one. Mm-hmm. I think you'd Washington played at a high, high level Mm. on the perimeter against Oregon now defensively Mm -hmm. Washington was extremely physical yeah they held up offensively not as much a a little smoke and mirror fair um but I I I will say not that I didn't have time to watch excess (laughs) television I will say the idea of hiring a head coach because you don't have to fire assistant coaches and pay buyouts is bonkers to me that's a bad – even if you made the right decision, that's a bad reason to do it. Yeah, yeah I mean, but you do realize, like, the, the other side of that, though, is, is – and let's not act like we weren't the butt of jokes for all the money we were paying for buyouts. Sure. How, how angry were people at Frost? And, it, and it, was the, it was the buyout money. I, which I don't get. I don't, I don't get people being mad about the buyout money. I don't. Okay. All it says to me is you're willing to do what is necessary – Pay the cost to be the boss. To try and win. Okay. Right? I, I get it's a waste of money. I do. But at not, the not, same not, not your Not your pig, not your farm? I would say. <laughs> it, not my circus, not my monkeys. Like, it's not my money. I don't care. Right. What? Unless I am. It's, it's February. What are we doing? I'm talking about circuses. Um, <laughs> the. I didn't think you could say that word anymore. We ain't going to make it. We, you can't say monkey on the air. There's literally you can say whatever you want to, Robbie. I mean, listen. I think, I think people would have a problem with circus. 
Yeah, I, I didn't think you could say circus. <laughs> right. T- tell him, Shane. I'm just saying hey, there was literally move a long co- little doggy. Move along. I'm just saying there was there's okay. literally a commercial during the Keep Super it Bowl pushing about an Indian guy <laughs> called Monkey Man. So I think we're okay here. John Wick? <laughs> no, it kind of was like Indian John Wick. That's what the movie looks like, honestly. I'm just saying it's fine. It's an actual animal. That movie does look pretty legit. Oh, don't What do you want to say? Not, not my circus, not my clowns? Is that better? <laughs> don't, don't encourage Not my circus, you. not my elephants? <laughs> not my circus, not my peanuts? Is that better? What are we doing here? You mad? <laughs> not my circus, not my trapeze artists? <laughs> you mad. Oh. We good? We're good. <laughs> my bad. Not my circus, not my cotton candy? What are we doing here? Um, I got a pickle. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Quit trying to get me in trouble. Um, <laughs> oh, you do just fine. <laughs> uh, I don't even remember where it's. Oh, buyouts. Yeah. I don't care about buyouts at all. It's like when people overpay in, a, in, a, in baseball. It's, it's like when the Red Sox try and cry poverty, and then that's why they trade Mookie Betts. It's like, I, you print money. You own Liverpool and a Fenway team and, or, and a racing team and the Red Sox. Don't cry poverty to me. Pay the tax and sign Mookie Betts. Are you mad? Yes. I am still <laughs> mad about Mookie Betts. It's been five years, and I am not over it. So with regards to why— Pay the price to be good. Did you feel—are you buying that the, it's the, who the players wanted in Deshaun Foster? Because he appears to be— Of course he's who they, they know him. But apparently, like his—now, I don't know, right? The, full disclosure, obviously. It's not like he and I shake hands and break bread, but— He's fairly low-key, right, behind-the-scenes kind of guy. Yes. But I do assume he knows most of that donor base. You're going, you to, have so. to, you're going to have to kiss babies and shake hands, right? Yeah. But listen, this, this job is UCLA. It's not Texas, right? Like, if you're the head coach of Texas, you basically have to be running for governor so, the whole so you time don't, you're you don't, Texas. you don't – f- Okay, maybe. It's a big – like, I get it's part of every big job now. It's Los Angeles now. Right, but it's not USC. Well, USC can't be USC. What are we talking about? We keep saying that with Southern Cal. Yeah. Well, apparently we're missing something. Well, we, They get the benefit of the Lincoln doubt. Riley is missing something, and it's called a defense of any kind. Well, I mean, 05, 06, peak, that was a long time ago. I understand that. Okay. Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams wasn't a long time ago. What'd he win? I mean, listen, he, he won a, a butt kicking at the hands. hands yeah, like, like, what? But UCLA beat them. I, no, I get that. Listen, I think USC is a better job than UCLA, though, and I also think oh, it's a more high-profile we, job. We, but we just keep – like, at some point, it is what it is, and you are who you are. I get that. I'm just saying, it's not one of those – Can we just have this conversation with it's not one of those State jobs Hoops like and DePaul and – where you have to be basically the governor of the state to do well at that job. No, I understand. You have to have good relationships at any job, though. By the way, did you see Terrence Shannon Jr. last night? Coming up next. Another 30-piece. Coming up next, we got Brian Christopherson, Husker 24-7, here on Herd As- <laughs> You're listening to Herd At Sports Radio. Here is Husker 24-7 senior writer, Brian Christofferson. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a little bit of a circus act. Brian Christofferson. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty interesting. Brian Christofferson. <laughs> I, I kind of enjoy that. Here is Brian Christofferson. 
Welcome back. Kicking off hour number two here on Hurt Sports Radio, AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Joining us now on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline is Brian Christofferson from Husker 24-7. BC, what's going on, man? Not a lot. How are you guys doing? <laughs> BC, long time no chat, man. I'm not going to put you on the hot seat so you hurt my feelings and say no, but <laughs> did you miss me? No, I'm kidding. How you been, man? I, I feel good. It feels good to hear your voice, Damon. It's, oh. uh, it just it buoyed my spirits. I haven't even had a cup of coffee yet, but that was all I needed. <laughs> Let's go. Let's Got the go. blood pumping. He's ready. <laughs> so, so, Robbie and I are we're trying not to kill each other over this whole buyout contract clause thing. And I was explaining to him, BC, like, you know, for him, and I get it. I'll, I'll let him explain more if he'd like. But he's like, listen, paying buyouts shows me you're committed to winning. Like, you just you're doing to take what's necessary. And this was on the heels of UCLA and 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 their position and and Tony White and. I told mm-hmm. him this is still the sa- a lot of the same fan base that is upset at all the money that was going out of the window and doors for contracts here at Nebraska. Where where do you think we lie as a fan base on on buyouts and expenses? Um, it's always dangerous to speak for everybody. Um, I obviously I, th- I think they don't like people don't like when it's just reckless where you're reckless with your your money over there um but i also think there's people like me and i i'm guessing robbie from i did hear a little bit of this segment that sometimes are like you know what um whatever you got to do um as long as your 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 head's above water um i'm not overly worried about it i i do i the one that really cracks me up actually is um the worry about whether Nebraska's like paying their seven million dollar pool to their assistants or not, and I always there's people there's like people kind of worry about it, and I'm like, who cares if if you can secure the staff you want for like five point six million, isn't that better than just giving money to give money? So um, yeah, you don't want to be like foolish with how you're doing contracts and putting them together and there might have been a stretch there where Nebraska fans thought there was a little bit of that going on and maybe some extensions given a little earlier than they should have been in mm-hmm. some cases that I think we all know about um, and I think those are fair points for people to kind of question and say yeah was that was that really the best move that's ever been done around here um, but for the most part it feels like things are kind of back on track with that here I, I didn't see everything with UCLA's buyout with their money situation there but um if it comes down to like eight hundred thousand dollars or a million or whatever and the differences between one coach and another i'd be annoyed if if that was the separating point uh in me for me getting the guy i really want but i think they did get the guy they want i don't know that they got the best guy that's all yeah bc i I mean basically my standpoint is just sort of you know, don't keep throwing good money after bad, right? Like, yes, the extensions were bad money, but what's the alternative? You just keep you keep a coach because that's bad because you don't want to pay the buyout? You know what I mean? Like, well, I don't know what the alternative yeah. is there. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and by the way, I said get the guy they want. I think they got the guy the AD wants at UCLA. Our, our message board on 24-7 sports for UCLA was very <laughs> pro-Tony White for what it's worth. That was uh, – Felt like eighty-five to ninety percent of the people on there wanted him. So he, there was, I was watching that one closely, guys, all weekend because um, 
there's a lot of sentiment for him from fans at least that, that thought he would be a, a great hire and I, I tend to agree with them. BC, do you think there's something for said to being able to hire a sitting head coach or is that overstated? Oh, I think there's sometimes value um, if if he's, you know, has some proof of uh, success with it. Sometimes if it's just a, a guy who's, uh, you know, been very middling, I, I, I think it, it leaves something to be desired. Like, I get it. Like, if it's, we're talking about, like, a P.J. Fleck, and maybe he's not everybody's cup of tea with his personality or whatever. But definitely proven. Look at, yeah, you can look at what he's done at Minnesota, and I honestly – I think, I, you know, I go up to Minnesota quite a bit for stuff. I, I think he's kind of taken for granted sometimes. Like, yeah, I, I feel like it's, there's a little bit of that um, Iowa State syndrome I've seen with them before where, like, Dan McCarney back in the day built it up and then was a victim of his own success. And then I think Matt Campbell's ran into that a little bit recently, too. Um, I think some of that goes on in Minnesota. But anyway, like a guy like Black, I can see where, you know, there'd be some reservations about like um, his personality, how it'd fit in that climate and stuff. But I would like the fact that he has actually built stuff up at multiple programs. That would be a case where a sitting head coach would be really, um, that piece of it would be appealing to me. But we've also seen examples now, I think, of guys you know, like who, who make the jump from coordinator to head coach, and it's pretty good early, like Lanning. And, I mean, there's 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 guys who, who pick this stuff up pretty fast, and if they've got the right traits for it, uh, why stand in the way? And um, that's where I think Tony, uh, when he does get his shot at it, I think he'll be successful because I just think he's got that demeanor where he, he can stay even enough um, in dealing with all the outside pressures when he talks to the media and stuff like that. But also I know that he's got a commanding presence and the respect of all his defenders over there. So um, I, I think he's – when you just listen to him and you watch him, he, he's got all this stuff, whether – you know, he hasn't been a head coach yet. But at some point you got to make that jump, and I think he will do well when he does it. We're talking to Brian Christopherson from Husker 24-7. Uh, BC, I, I – you know, when I'm looking at the hiring of uh, of Deshaun Foster as opposed to a guy like Tony White, that I mean, even if you can't land a sitting head coach, it seems like the opinion of the players played a huge factor in going with Deshaun Foster. I guess how much concern, and maybe concern is the right word because it's UCLA and you don't care if they're good or not, but I guess how concerned would you be if something they like that? They are in the conference. Yeah, that's fair. Um, how concerned would you be if something like that happened at a school you were covering or a school you cared about where the players currently on the team had what appears to be an outsized say in who ended up being their head coach? Yeah, um, I'd be a little worried about it, honestly. Um, I, I mean, I get, I get it to some degree. Um, you got to factor in their opinions, and if you've got a no-brainer um, hire like right there in front of you, um, you know, sometimes you just, you just, you do go with that, but, um, I'm not a, sure a running backs the, coach qualifies as a no brainer hire. You know what I mean? No, I, I don't think so either. Um, I, I, I think you got to look at a situation like they're in as if you have to burn a few things down the first year or two. So goes it to, to look at it as like a, a five year 
type of deal. Now, that's very difficult to convince people about in this day and age. That's the problem. That's the thing that's going to be a, an issue at a lot of places is there are certain jobs that I think will, would take four to six years, honestly, to build it properly and get it where, you know, you actually gave that head coach a fighting shot to build it uh, the way it should be built and, and to get it to where you want it to be. But the problem is you're not going to get as much as you're not going to get that time anymore. You know, like um, when I was a kid, there were, you know, Damon will remember this. Like there were coaches that lasted and the, they weren't always great coaches or didn't build it. But I mean, they would last like six, seven, eight years sometimes at big eight schools that were really scuffling. They'd at least get a chance to do it their way. And nowadays, you know, everything is like, okay, what after year three, this is what's happened. It's, it's, it's over sort of feeling. Um, so I think, I think the AD, um, at UCLA, um, probably did get caught up in a lot of the sentiment of the players and, um, the, his personal attachment on that one. And maybe it's going to end up being a great hire. Um, I'm, I don't love it off the bat, but we'll see. He could prove everybody wrong and he could just take off and, um, you, you know me, I'm like, I, I'm just a huge Tony White fan, so uh, I'm happy that Nebraska gets to keep him for another year and build this thing because I think, I think what Matt Rule said on his radio show last night is accurate. If, if Tony's here for another year or two, um, he's going to get a lot of cracks at things because it, it, it's set up really to be very good on that side of the ball. I think we're there a top 10, top 15 defense the next couple of years. But you still got to go out and do it. And if he does, I think he'll get a job next year. Uh, I'd be kind of surprised if he doesn't. Wow. Ravi Lula, L2, and BC here for hating on running backs and well, coaches. No, just, um, guys, just position coaches who have not done anything else getting head coaching jobs. That's the, what I'm hating on. BC, I'm learning in a hurry. Uh, yeah. Listening to, the, like, this the past week and obviously having a good relationship with, with, with Coach White. The difference between being emotionally invested and being mm-hmm. personally invested. I actually think they can be the same thing, but this time for me, they're not. My emotions are always with, I'm always emotionally invested in Nebraska. The, yeah. now, now it's personal. And I'm thinking to myself, listening to you guys talk about kind of the relationships and players I almost think we undersell that a little bit in terms of players because I know right here in our very own backyard, the offensive line, like 99 percentile was in favor of Donnie mm-hmm. Rayola coaching them and coming back. That was important to, to coach rule, right? Whether Tony White was, was going to come back or not, like I know that – like that was important in our household with the player, with, you know, from a player's standpoint. Yeah. Like, so, so I, I, I can't wait to see kind of how it plays out over time between being emotionally invested, like as players, and oh man, I really feel attached to this coach. That's enough to overcompensate for, like, let's say, you know, a bad play call or or some sort of scheme deficiency versus. Wow, this guy's proven. He's got a ton of know-how. He may not connect, but the regimen will get us by in the meantime with his experience. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's a good point, especially with Donnie. Um, you know, from an assistant coach's perspective, because rule that was that huge. Multiple times. 
yeah, multiple times where he's never had a situation where, you know, like even an outgoing transfer is standing on the table, um, you know, for this guy and saying, yeah, he's, he's the right guy for that. And that, you know what, when rule said that and you, and you, you could tell also not that I didn't trust rule, but you heard it from players as well. Um, that, that did do something to me where I was like, you know, they, they, they see this every day and everybody's spouting opinions sort of about Donovan Ryla based off a very difficult year to work through mm-hmm. that last season before rule got here. Um, maybe the players who saw it every day know a little bit more than, than everybody else uh, on the outside. And so I really took that into account. So I don't want to dismiss what happened at UCLA with like, you know, they, those guys saw it on the ground level uh, and how invested a coach is in it and in them and they believe in it. Um, my thought with that is with that head coaching spot, you, you do need to weigh that in, but you also, man, it's such a big decision for that job. Like you, sometimes you have to go against the grain, I think, if, if, if you feel like you got a better option and know you might have to, some of the stuff might burn down for a year or two, but you, if you feel like you got a better pick elsewhere, go that way. But maybe they, the AD didn't, and that, that's their pick, and so be it. I think Nebraska's thankful that it turned out that way because uh, they got a really good football coach for another year. We're talking with Brian Christopherson from Husker 24-7. Hopefully two or three. BC. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. Ideal, right? Is yeah. it, I, I feel like I'm sort of talking out of both sides of my mouth here because I am thrilled that Tony White is staying at Nebraska. I'm also, I think, upset on his behalf that he didn't get the offer to coach at UCLA. Does that make sense? Yeah, just because yeah, what do you think of it? Bit. Yeah, I, like I, I feel yeah. like he deserved the opportunity, yeah. whether he wanted to say yes or no. Like I wanted him to stay because he wanted to still be here, not because he didn't get the offer. And we don't know. Maybe it played. Maybe he did. Maybe maybe he did. I yeah. don't know that, but that's the perception is yeah. they chose Foster over him, gotcha. and now I'm mad on his behalf. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get it. I, I think there's a lot of fans like that around here. They, he's. I'll tell you what. There's a few coaches who have come in in a year. And have uh, what is it the Q rating or whatever they mm-hmm. go by like where you're just popular like yeah, I mean he's he's that guy around here right now and so um, everybody wants that to continue and to see where they build this thing off of last season but there is I, I think there's a complete understanding and hope for him to 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 be able to make that next move and I I think Rule when you listen to him wants to have that situation where um, his guys branch out over time and you're having the type of success where you build that coaching tree because it means things are going really well in, in your house. So um, your, uh, your sentiment, I think, is uh, actually quite a popular one around the state. BC, what did you make of, of, of Thomas and kind of his first go-around with, with handling the media? There was, it's, it's crazy, and I know they've worked together, and I should – not be surprised but the common language the the tie that binds the the using of the word trust the understanding roles i'm like why am i even surprised that it's insert different coach to sound the same even as a new hire yeah he he sounded he sounded like uh like one of every one of us as they say i'm sure (laughs) it's crazy but uh yeah, he, he definitely did. Um, I think this is a no-brainer hire all the way around, and I've thought it more and more um, in the last week or so as I've kind of just looked at his his background. And I've said this a couple times, but 
you know, every coach, if you go uh, anywhere in the country, you go look at his bio, he'll have like five or six players maybe that are in that bio. It's like, oh, he worked with so-and-so, right, who was like a third-round draft pick and this and that. And sometimes you got to be careful with those because you'll read them and you'll be like, yeah, he did work with – this one coach did work with this guy for like a – for a year maybe, but you kind of don't see where that coach was the really the influence that got that guy to the league or something. Um, when I look at Glenn Thomas's bio and you think about specifically the names of, of P.J. Walker and Charlie Brewer, um, he that's one, those, that's a case where it's very legit. It's like, man, that's true. That He had such an impact on the growth of those players who – um, nobody was talking a whole lot about, and, and he got some time with them. There were cases where they were, you know, he got them young in their college careers, and you saw the development, and, you know, you saw P.J. Walker actually get to the league, and Charlie Brewer had a great college career, and then he had Cameron Friel at UNLV, who was a, you know, all-Mountain West uh, freshman of the year. Um, so when you kind of go back and just study it, you're like, man his situation fits perfectly with where nebraska is right now with you know two freshman qbs um two guys where they're gonna as they say start from the ground up and um you know he's he's gonna meet them where they are figure out some of the things they gotta to change but do it as rule said last night at at the pace that is uh you know right for each player um so it, it just sounds like rule has complete comfort in he knows those QBs are getting the training he wants. He can not even worry about that. It's going to be done right. And, um, you know, then we'll, at some point, the head coach will make a decision on, like, what the pecking order is and all that stuff. But you know you're getting the good teaching that gets you to that point. So I feel really strongly about that hire um, that it's sort of like, after it happened, you're like, why would have they done anything else? Kind of, it just it just fits right to me. BC, do you wonder at all why that choice wasn't made last year? I know that there was the Jake Peets thing, right, where they thought he was going to come in be yeah. a quarterback coach. Mm. Do you wonder at all why they didn't just get the band back together right away and go to Glenn Thomas and say, hey, let's do this thing the way we always have? Like that always that part of it seemed a little strange to me when it kind of ends up being that way anyway. Yeah, I, I don't know for sure. I mean, I do know there was a report about Pete's last year in like a couple of days where everybody thought that was going to happen and, and that would coach tight ends then and that would be it. And so I don't know on the Glenn Thomas angle why at that moment it wasn't right. Um, but, you know, sometimes other guys have something in the fryer over here and this guy's got yeah, – it has to always kind of match up, so who's to say. But um, it just felt like for right now where they were um, – you know, he, he's a guy who um, – I, I like it on game day, too. Like, I like the fact that you have a QB's coach uh, in Glenn Thomas who, with those, uh, let's say you have a freshman starter, you know, over on the sideline. He can just have that, that time with the player one-on-one and uh, be in his headspace a little bit. And, um, you know, then Satterfield's thinking about the big picture over here. And I like the collaboration piece, too. And um, – you know, uh, that's last night. Rule said coordinator is not just a title like co OC that I give to somebody just to get them here. Mm-hmm. This is somebody I've trusted with my offenses and Glenn Thomas to design offenses before. I to call plays. I, I just believe in him in that way. 
And I don't think there's – this is a deal where he's known Satterfield for 20 years. Satterfield was the guy who at Temple um, brought up his name, actually. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it feels like a good connection there, too, for, for Sat. I just think Sat's in a good spot with it, with, with somebody he trusts and, and knows well, and they're not going to have to do a lot of catch-up in how they want to operate in the spring. And um, it just seems to – fit in a lot of ways and I like that Satterfield can work um, with the tight ends too which I think is just a fascinating position group um, as you're trying to design this offense you know they always say positionless well they're the tight ends that spot where you can do so many unique things with it um, it kind of makes sense that that he's uh, directly connected to those guys. BC I felt like we kind of buried the lead after signing day rules presser where he went in depth about Satin you know, he said he's, he's really aggressive, and sometimes you can't always be aggressive with, at the quarterback spot. And then what mm. the tight ends needed and its degree of difficulty in terms of concepts and his experience. I always say as long as the media, hearing it through the media, isn't the first time you've heard something and it's been conveyed to you, it's probably cool to say out loud. Mm-hmm. But I still think that delivery and his summation of that relationship – basically told me all I needed to know about Coach Rule's personality. He's constantly evaluating. He's constantly tinkering. But, but most importantly, the open lines of dialogue where nobody's left wondering, well, I didn't see that coming. Do you know what I mean? Like, he laid yeah. it out there and just kept on moving like no big deal. <laughs> you know, he packs a lot into his, his pressers. Like, if you go back to the one – that happened, you know, he did one like two or three days after the Iowa game, and uh, he was already moving on, and he was getting asked about sort of like, okay, what are you going to do with your coaching setup? You got anything to say there? And, um, you know, he didn't, he said, I got to look things over and all that, but he also told us, he's like, yeah, you know, of course, last year, that original plan was to have Satterfield work with the tight ends, and and all that, and he he just keeps going, but it's like, uh, you know what, he told you what he's going to do right there. Like, yeah. 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 After, after, after the Iowa press conference, there it was. Um, and so I, I, I like that. You know what I also like, Damon, is um, just not being wishy-washy about what roles are, and I know you can't always let everybody inside the kitchen, right? You can't let the whole public in on everything. Yeah. But we've had this deal where we go round and round sometimes. It happens more in season, but it's like, who's calling the plays? You know, is it this guy getting like 30% of the calls? And he just put that to bed for this offseason. He's like, I he loves the Glenn Thomas hire, but he's like, that's the guy at the front of that room, and he made that clear. And I thought that was a really good thing to just like, that's what it is right now, and that's how we're proceeding. Brian Christopherson from Husker Fantastic, 24-7. B. BC, great stuff as always. We'll talk to you again next week. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. That's Brian Christopherson, Husker 24-7. Coming up next, Andy Kendi from KETV here on Herd Sports Radio. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Halfway through the show here on Hurt at Sports Radio, AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. That's DB. I'm Ravi Lula. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube as well. And we're brought to you by our friends at Dyer Law. 
If you've been hurt in a personal injury accident, you can count on the Dire Law team to provide you with a helping hand when you need it, no matter what you're dealing with. Call the Dire Law team at 402-393-7529 or visit Dyer.Law to chat with trusted professionals about your personal injury claim. That's D-Y-E-R dot law. Happy happy Hallmark greeting card. Yeah, it's a happy Valentine's Day. We're going to talk about some... I, 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 I didn't say that. I said Hallmark greetings are you one of those like uh it's all about the you know the the card companies and yeah i mean it's commercial i mean most holidays are commercial and i i I mean but hey i don't want to knock the hustle i mean i don't care it's fine i mean it's whatever yeah when's when's the last time you used the word love the last i mean i've said it in the show like four times today yeah in a, a descriptive manner i mean one to you mean saying I love someone? Yeah. Uh, to my wife this morning. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, air dap. I say I tell her I love her before I leave every morning. It, when she's up? She's mostly asleep, but I say it still. <laughs> if, 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 if she was, like, looking at you, would you like, I love you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't mind. I, I don't mind saying it. Yeah? Yeah. I'm not like, yeah. It's weird because... My dad, and we're, we're going to get to AK here in just a second. Oh, he's here? Are you, is he here? Shane, are you producing? I'm producing, and Andy's here. Oh, thanks for sharing. Oh, Let's come back to that. <laughs> See, what, what normal people would do, Shane, they'd say, hey, I got Andy. He's on the line. But but I was loving that conversation. Oh, oh, okay, let's let's go to AK. <laughs> Joining so he, us on, on so the, he cannot hate coming on the show because he doesn't love leave, waiting online. We just leave him on hold for Jeez. half the segment. AK, uh, sorry about that, bud. I'm I'm a little rusty. <laughs> Joining us on the Warhorse hey. Sportsbook Hotline is Andy Kendi. What's up, bud? Love you guys. What's happening? <laughs> Me lo- Welcome back. Thank you. I I know you think I'm crazy, but I'm not. I'm I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! We were chatting in the uh, in the sports uh, office yesterday, and Foster goes, "You know, DB's back," and I'm like, "Yes, yeah. <laughs> DB, he's back, he's back." And we were like, "All right, little air fist popping." Uh, listen, I I I I was with Coogler yesterday for like an hour and some change. If you could have been a fly on the wall, he's probably like, "Man, how are you even a functioning adult?" <laughs> Great. Well, it's good to have you back. And you know, I, I before we get into this, I, I do want to because I brought up Matt Foster. I want to give a, a big salute because Matt Foster's last day is today at KTV. So four plus years, and Matt Foster is moving on. And uh, I cannot thank the guy enough. The guy. Well, you have lost some. You guys have lost some good ones. Yes, we have. That's what it's uh, you know it's it's part of the part of the business as you guys know, and uh, this is one of the bad parts of the business. But uh, he's one of. The all-timers, and I cannot tell you how much work that guy does. He's first one in, last one out, and, man, he's going to be missed dearly, and I wish him nothing but the best moving forward. So do I Do I start rethinking the, the big red zone thing now? Or, or we, like, like, well, you, know I can't, you know I can't hit curveballs, so you better tee this one up for me. Well, the word that keeps coming up when thinking about that is leverage, DB. So you have you have leverage, or or, <laughs> or you have hands, you have hands. Hand. I'm like, so well, who who am I going to be talking to now? Well, that is that is a, that's a, that's a, a ten thousand dollar question. All right, we'll get there. So we'll, we'll figure that out in the good, next couple of weeks. Good, good for Maddie, man. The married life got him. <laughs> 
Yep, you got it. You got that right. You got that right. AK, do you, do you kind of feel like Matt Rule a little bit? People are coming in trying to trying to pick some people off of your staff and <laughs> maybe try and get them to oh my bigger and better places. Like, I, I mean, it's got to be tough, but it's also got to be nice when you see people progress in their lives and careers, right? I uh, I do feel a little bit like that because I felt like uh, Matt Rule and uh, stumping for Tony White getting the UCLA job. You're trying to go for the UCLA job. Listen, I get where where we're at, and 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 if people want to look and and move on, I am all for it. It is all about uh, the individual. So yeah, no, it, it is it is interesting. Uh, it's an interesting comparison because I know people are like, wow, why, why would Matt Rule go out and stump for Tony White to get another job? Well, you want the best for your people. Yeah. And, uh, and and you want them to be successful and be happy. So that, I totally I totally get where Matt Rule's coming from with that whole Tony White thing. So good good on him, and that's the way we, we believe, too. You know, it's interesting. I You kind of watch to see whether the proof's in the pudding, and he said all along, you know, hey, I want I want my guys to to be successful um, I think it, eventually it comes back around when you do right by people. It's just the right thing to do. And he's not afraid to, like, let guys go or send guys away to get experience, then bring them back. Like, he, he's a total chess checkers guy, kind of a little bit of a throwback and this cutthroat business of actually in, investing in other people. No doubt about it. I mean, just look at what we just saw this past week with uh, Glenn Thomas. You know, there's a guy that obviously worked with him. And, and the thing that came up with Rule and, and Thomas when we talked to him on Monday was the, the trust factor. Like, it was a no-brainer to bring this guy back. And why did Matt Rule bring this guy back? Because he trusts him. He knows he's going to do what Matt Rule wants to do. He's one of, he's you know, one of us, as, as Matt Rule says. And that's so important when you're building a staff. Uh, at that level, and and if you got guys you can trust, you don't have to you don't have to head pack. You don't have to be standing over their shoulder saying, "Hey, don't do this, do that," because you know it and you've been through it before. And having that experience of having that guy on staff is only going to help this team moving forward. Now the dynamic, I thought I was interested in seeing play out as him with Thomas and, and, and Marcus Satterfield. Now that's kind of weird, especially because they got the the same uh, the title in their in, in their job description or whatever. But, you know, credit to Coach Rule last week. He said, no, 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 okay. It does say co-offensive coordinator, whatever. But Marcus Satterfield, he's going to be calling the plays. But it's a collaborative effort. Thomas is a collaborative co-coordinator, if you will. So I thought that was interesting that right away, boom, he, he set the pecking order and say, this is how the jobs are, uh, the job descriptions are, and we're going to work together to make it the, to make this thing work. So, uh, you know, and, and Thomas said as much. He said him and he's known Satterfield for decades. So, you know, uh, you know, it's always an interesting deal where people get all uncomfortable about, hey, these guys have the same title. Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? No, it's all about the one thing, and that's the, 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 the product on the field and doing the best by your guys. So, so you could even take your business uh, and kind of what you do. You know, Omaha is one of those weird markets where it's like it's really, really close. It, it, it should, you know, the whole metered market thing, and it's a great sports market, but it's always like, the stepping stone and you have to embrace that right like ak you got to know no doubt hey okay i get it this could be temporary but i'm going to give you everything i've Mm -hmm. got because i I, i'm for you and you've gotten some gems out of that it's 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 funny to me to watch this work and 
to see guys that, that talk about trust and they kind of sound the same and they're unified. And it's still kind of novel. You'd think we'd, we'd be moving more towards, hey, this works. Why don't we... Why don't why aren't we more like this where I can cheer for somebody else and it very well may be at my expense? Yeah, no question. But here here's the deal. Like you got brought up a great point. I will bring up a conversation that Ellie French and I had uh, six months ago or eight months ago. And I don't think she'd mind us telling uh, me telling this. Like Ellie and I, we were talking about her future and her, her contract was coming up. And that's just part of the business. And. You know, Ellie or credit saying, hey, this is what I have in front of me. What do you think? And as her as her boss, but more importantly, as her friend, I'm like, listen, Ellie, if, if you were my daughter, this is what I would say. Ooh. You need to go and branch out and, and, and see what's out beyond Omaha and what that gives you in Green Bay. And that means covering the NFL. There is nothing like covering an NFL team. I've done it. I know it. On a week-to-week basis, you're going to run into people nationally that you wouldn't run into at Memorial Stadium. Is that good or bad? No, it's not a knock. It's just the truth. I said, Ellie, I am all for you moving on to Green Bay if that's going to better your your career, and I think it will. And so she's doing a bang-up job. She got to go cover the NFL and the Green Bay Packers on a week-to-week basis, and she got to cover the NFL playoffs making contact that she would never have had in Omaha. So, yes, while it hurt us in the short term, it helps her in the long term. And that's that's seriously what, what – what this is all about because i've been on both sides there's no way i'm comparing you ak to matt rule but i remember xavier betts and i told this story on air Mm -hmm. matt rule said to me when he called he said db if it were my son i wouldn't let him quit and i remember i almost dropped the phone i was so moved by the fact that he would say that if it were my son i would not let him quit and you just said if it were my daughter this is what i would say right see that emotional investment it, it just, it's not, not as common as we think. It's, it's simple, not easy. Mm-hmm. 100% BB, and that's the truth. Andy Kendi, KETV, good stuff as always. AK, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, Happy AK. Valentine's Day. Appreciate you. Coming up next, Anna Bellinghausen here on Herd at Sports Radio. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Wrapping up our number two here on Hurt at Sports Radio. I want to tell you about, remind you about our friends, because you already know, the Omaha Supernovas. They won their match in Grand Rapids earlier this week. They are back at home this weekend, and you can go find tickets at supernovas.com. They've also got merch. They've got all the info about the team as well. All you got to go do is go to supernovas.com. They have an away game tomorrow. You can watch that on YouTube Uh, against the Vegas. Vegas Thrill. But then they're back here where they belong at home on Sunday, February 18th against the Orlando Valkyries, 5 p.m. CHI Health Center. Make sure you get out. I've been listen, I gave you guys a pass for the 9,000 last week. I need 10,000 or more again this week. Five digits or bust. Let's go guys. Go to supernovas.com, get your tickets uh, or I'm going to have a stern talking to about about the situation. 
All right, and uh, you're not going to be happy about it. So let's just get the ten thousand yeah. or more. I'm shoot- personally shooting for twelve. Well, nobody can go passive aggressive like Robbie Lula. <laughs> just go back and listen to the first hour. What I do? He's a bully. <laughs> Coming are uh, on the uh, war horse. Oh, so that's supernovas.com. Make sure you get out to the match on Sunday. Joining us now on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline is Anna Bellinghausen, our very own from Herd at Sports. Anna, how are you this morning? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm a little sick, not going to lie. This is my flu game for you guys. I, w- I would never skip out. <laughs> all right, all right, easy not to be confused with Michael Jordan. So, like, are you are we going ham in this segment, or are you just, just going to try to get through it? We're gonna we're gonna take it easy. I can't I can't yell. I'm glad Andrew's not there yelling at me about track and field. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to fight back today. Okay, so I got I got to ask you, Anna. I know you were at the Waste Management Open over the weekend. Yep. Is this like a real flu, or is this like a? Um, she did reference Jordan. Getting, <laughs> is it? getting a little yeah. older and the uh, body doesn't quite recover as well. Flu. You know who knows? I was sick before a little bit, and then. And then it just kept going, and I was like, whatever. It was too fun of an event not to miss. And I will say, though, Saturday was insane. I mean, it was it was like 500,000 people there. They cut off every alcohol. It was it was ridiculous. So I, I, so I was joking about this on, on Monday with Ravi. I'm like, how bad must it have been at the Open for them to not only shut off alcohol sales but to stop allowing people in like this is one of the most famous their wednesday their wednesday deal is huge i've known several people that partake in this why was this one so different well i think the event just got hyped up a lot and my friends kept asking me like it's never been like this why is it so why is it so crazy this year i think more people are finding out about it also i blame full swing on netflix for making it look like the coolest thing ever Mm. and i feel like a lot of people lost it put it on their bucket list and i think that also helps a little bit but well they stopped scanning tickets was the issue so security was just letting everyone through like i didn't not we didn't even have to have a ticket for saturday which is ridiculous because (laughs) That's the busiest day, right? You, you, you want to see these people going in. They let apparently they let in. The bartenders were telling us they let in an extra twenty thousand people that weren't supposed to be there, and then there was fifty four people arrested. So, so wow. They were treat, well, they well were treat- me- meanwhile, when we go to Iowa City or or, or Minnesota, <laughs> we have dogs sniffing our bags as media to right, get into right. the place. Like really? No, yeah, there was no. You were just. Literally, there was a police officer in front of me, and I was like, hey, my friend's behind me. i got to wait for my ticket. He's like, no, just go through. And we're like, okay. <laughs> so they were- I'm just telling you, AZBZ, that's not happening to me. <laughs> that is not happening to your boy out there in Phoenix. Right? It's like, yeah. <laughs> ticket, please. <laughs> So they were basically going all like it. high school basketball game after halftime. No ticket required. Just come on in. Yep. Yep. That is wild. So did anybody care that like through six on Sunday you had like seven guys within three strokes and it was <laughs> star studded? I mean, like it actually yeah. turned out to be a fantastic <laughs> golf match too. I didn't get to see any golf really because <laughs> First of all, we were walking in a line. I, I'll send you the videos later. Like, we were walking with probably 10,000 people around us just trying to get to hole 16. We couldn't even get there. They, they closed it off. They made everyone turn around. It was like a World War Z situation. Everyone was just, like, 
running to, towards the wall. It was it was horrible. <laughs> World War Z on your bingo card. I did not see that coming. Uh, we are talking to Anna Bellinghausen of Herd at Sports, who spent the weekend at the Waste Management Open. Um, more for uh, for recreational purposes than for job purposes, but uh, that's okay. Um, did you? I asked you this yesterday, but I'll ask you on air again. At this golf tournament, did you actually witness any golf? <laughs> no, not really. I probably <laughs> saw maybe like two swings. So but the like, whole weekend you saw two the, swings. That's not why you're there. That's not why you're there. <laughs> wow. Sir. There's no way that half a million people were there to see golf, and I wasn't. I wasn't in the small percentage that was there for the golf. I, I'm still kind <laughs> this of. This is why I'm not paying the price. I'm still kind of miff that it's like. Eh, go ahead. You're good. <laughs> no, that they did not care. They were letting just herds of people through. No, no security, nothing. Yeah, like, D- they're just like f it. Everyone go. DB and I don't get the uh, wave through <laughs> yeah. real often. Can you imagine? It's like, hey, you're good. Um, <laughs> you're good. All right, Anna. We were at the Creighton game last night. Um, sitting a couple seats away from each other, you know, making a little Jacob Badilla sandwich there up in the media section. Um, What was your impression of, I mean, obviously the crowd gets going pretty good early because of dollar beer night, and then you have the late, kind of in the second half, you got the Baylor Shireman triple-double. It was kind of weird because it wasn't a great game for Baylor in terms of didn't shoot the ball that well. You wouldn't have necessarily said, oh, this is, you know, he's had some really good games where he's gotten close to a triple-double, and you're like, oh, this would kind of make sense. He gets it here. This was sort of a nondescript Baylor Shireman to be the first points, rebounds, assists, triple-double in Creighton history. Yeah, it was, you could see the frustration on Baylor's face, and it's funny that he ended the game with the first-ever traditional triple-double because his body language, I mean, for the for the first half, he was pretty upset at himself. I think he started... Over four, over five. Over from six three, from three was at halftime. Over six. Yeah. Wow, yeah. So like, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't shooting well. I mean, you could see it at the end of the second half or end of the first half. He had this uh, late circus shot uh, at the buzzer and just kind of stomped the ground. It was just like, ugh, like you could just <laughs> see it on his face. But it's funny because he ended with I think it was seven assists in the first half. And I'm like, whoa, like he's still having a great game and creating points. I think Rob Anderson tweeted that those assists led to. 20 points for, for the Blue Jays. So, I mean, he was he was creating opportunities for his team when his shot's not falling, and I think that just says a lot about his character. And it was like the most Baylor Shireman-esque uh, triple-double you could get besides him draining, you know, nine threes in a game. But I think that shows his character so much. And you heard Greg McDermott talk about it in the post-game press conference just about how much we should appreciate, you know, the big three that Creighton has right now and just what they're witnessing with this team and, and uh, Trey Alexander, Ryan Kalkbrenner, and, and Baylor, just the careers that they're having. So I think it, like, it made me take a step back, and I hope it made fans take a step back, too, of saying, well, like, we're witnessing some generational talent come through Creighton right now that, you know, you're never going to get all at once, and especially for guys that all decided to come back um, and not go to the NBA. So Ed Cooley was really um, uh, complimenting Baylor afterwards, said he was an NBA player, and he also said the – that Craig could have beat the Celtics last night, which I thought was funny. But, yeah, when they're clicking, they're clicking. Yeah, it's weird because I, I think Georgetown shot 17-31 in the second half from the field and still got blown out. Like, it was right. – you don't see that a ton. I, has, are we, we're kind of witnessing this curious case of, like, Frederick King and 
the emergence lately of Jason Green and shuffling yeah. Isaac Trout in. Uh, I, I think that those fresh legs down the stretch and maybe a couple of different styles, the way that Creighton can play now with a little stretchier forward. Green's been a great rebounder. Uh, that they can play differently here down the stretch? Oh, absolutely. And I think Jason Green has given them so much on defense, too. Yeah. And I think that's maybe a little bit of what they were missing. And the fact that you could throw him in there as young as he is, and I think that we saw just a just a little glimpse of the talent we'll see down the road from Jason, I, I think is huge. And I got to talk to him post-game, and he was just all smiles. It was so awesome. He's a great kid. He's awesome. And just to hear him talk about how he had a red shirt last year. You just said, playing out, I wasn't good enough last year, and I hurt my hand this year. Of course, right when I feel like I finally can, you know, fit in with this team and get minutes, and, and then he works his way back and earns his minutes, uh, 15 with uh, seven points for it. I think that was, that's a pretty cool story. He's from Miller North, of course. So, um, love to see that, and I think the, the future is bright, but for now, Creighton will need those guys um, and those legs to, just to take off their starters that, you know, are playing usually 38 to 40 minutes a game. Anna Bellinghausen, Herd at Sports. Anna, all right, rest up a little bit with your, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do air quotes here, flu, quote, hey, unquote. Hey, hey. Uh, just re- rest up and recover a little bit, and uh, we'll talk to you later. It was the pizza, Anna. It was all the right. pizza. Copy it back, DB. <laughs> all right, appreciate you. <laughs> I, was it George, I, what George I ate the pizza. It was uh, nobody else ate the pizza. I ate the pizza. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, no. What, what, just a little bit <laughs> Just uh, I, I ate the pizza. Uh, no. It, you know. I. You, you brought up an interesting point there with Jason Green. I try. I think the. I think having a little lineup versatility could help this team a lot. So is any, are we just not going to talk about what's happened with Frederick King or out of sight, out of mind? Because we can talk about it's, it. No. It's just interesting how it hasn't really been a topic of discussion. The, the last because I couple. think everybody understands why, right? He Do just they? hasn't been playing well. Okay. I mean, it's like it's not like a mystery, is it? Yeah. I don't think. I don't know. We can dive into it <laughs> next. As we, we got lots kick to off get hour. into. We have a we have a lot to cover in the last hour. We're probably not going to get to most of it because DB is going to make me chase a squirrel or something. No. But it's all good. We've got more. We, we call that projection. Heard at Sports Radio coming up next. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Kicking off hour number three here on Hurt at Sports Radio. We are live on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. And for this third hour, we're on KFOR in Lincoln. I'm Ravi Lula, DB here with me. We were just joined by Anna Bellinghausen on that Warhorse Sportsbook hotline. And I want to tell you about Warhorse Sportsbook. You can go park in Omaha, 6303 Q Street. That's right. You can make your bets right here in Omaha with Warhorse Sportsbook, the best place in Nebraska to place your bets. You can do nearly every major sporting event, pro and college, basketball, baseball. We're talking about Waste Management Open. You could have placed your bets on that. MMA, whatever you can think of. Straight bets, parlays, props, live in-game bets, all accepted. If you want some more info for details, house rules, all that kind of stuff, go to warhorsecasino.com sportsbook or download the Warhorse Casino app for more info. Warhorse Sportsbook, no bets, no glory. It's funny. I was looking at uh, the – so two things. Uh, Clint, not Eastwood. 
which is funny because did you see my shirt? Oh, was that was that Dirty Harry? No, it's the Outlaw, oh, okay. Josie Wales. Oh, Josie. Okay. Uh, big Clint Eastwood guy. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm, I love Clint my. Uh, I think my. Never mind. I'm not gonna say that. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> I, was he, saying, I think my grandpa he, was a big Clint Eastwood guy, but I didn't want to make you like make it an old thing. So well, well you've been doing. I mean, you got off to a roaring start <laughs> at the seven o'clock hour. Yeah, guys like Jed making fun of me, or maybe I did that to Clint myself. Clint Eastwood's legit. No, I, he. I, I mean, he spans seven. I didn't realize he was like seven, ninety-four. Jed. Oh yeah, he's he's up there. He is. Uh, I don't think he's done anything for the last couple of years. You big Grand Torino that, guy? Yes. Get off my lawn. I'm a huge. Good that's movie. one of the more underappreciated movies. Were you movies. a uh, Trouble with the Curve guy? No. See, I don't like his attempts at humor. Mm, yeah. Um, you want I, him to see be like the like. I'm I'm an unforgiven. Yeah. Josie Wales, hang him high. Like the the, the dirty Harry. Yeah. The uh, tough guy. You like the tough guy, Clint Eastwood. I just like the scowl. Yeah. Yeah. You I know, and, and he's believable. Oh yeah, like like he's believable, but he retweeted Shooter McGavin's, <laughs> who I actually follow. Clint Eastwood retweeted it. I'm sorry. Clint East did. No, so Shane, oh. follow along. Okay. I know I know you fade in and out of listening. <laughs> well, I've got Josie <laughs> Wells on my mind. The X account was is Clint, not Eastwood mm-hmm. Smith. He retweeted, which got me talking about Clint Eastwood. Mm. Our guy because Clint? I'm wearing a Josie Wales T-shirt. Our guy Clint? It, no, it's not Dookie Clint. No. Although Dookie Clint did send me a message the other day. He's oh, like, so nice. good to have. Yeah, he's he's Team DB. He, like, it's actually probably his wife and kids. They're <laughs> Team DB, and I think he goes along because he's a sorry Duke fan. But uh, So Shooter McGavin's deal here with the waste management statistics mm-hmm. 653 calls for service, but only 54 arrests. I don't want to do that paperwork either. <laughs> but you had zero in 2022. I mean, people are still leery of COVID. <laughs> They're like, oh, too many people. Eight, they had 18 arrests in 2023, 54 in 2024. But here's the funny thing. 211 ejections in 2024, which was Double from a year ago, but here's the one I don't get. I don't need. I don't get this one either. The last one, trespass. Yeah, seventy-three in twenty twenty-four. It was forty-one in twenty twenty-three. If you're, did, waving, did we not just listen to Annabelle? Yep. yep. If 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 you're waving people through, how are you trespassing? They probably were overwhelmed. Oh, absolutely. If there's half a million people there. And they let in 20,000 people they but weren't do you, do you understand to? what I'm telling you? Like, we can get off the bus as a team. Yeah. And dogs sniff our bags. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I don't know what's happening But out in there. public, yeah, I don't where know. it's much more dangerous. Dangerous. Yeah. Theoretically, yeah. <laughs> You're just, ah! Let's, let's head on through. Go ahead. <laughs> it's all good, homie. I don't know. I, there's some great there's some great stories because I know more than a handful of people. One I actually know really well that spent like the open is a thing for him. Yeah, yeah, it goes down there. Yeah, and is it, it Oklahoma Tyler? No, that sort of he, feels. Like it's it, his personality. It's yeah, his personality. It kind of feels like it would it's, be his it's jam. It's definitely, but it's a few too many people for him. Ah, okay. Like he too would, crowded. Yeah, he would. Okay, he would like you like, would hate it. Oh, one hundred percent. Absolutely. There's no corners for you to hide in at the and waste Like, what do you what do you what could I drink all day? Yeah, that's the problem. I'm not you know what I mean? I'm yeah. not having be, like not doing like a Mountain Dew. 
<laughs> you're so stupid and funny. The Mountain Dew would kill me all like, day faster than the You might be the smallest, biggest ding dong I've ever met. <laughs> and it is unbelievably funny. What <laughs> <laughs> like Mountain Dew? You're just out there with the Waterloo's drinking all day, you know? So these What um, is that sparkling water? What is that? Yes. Okay. It's like just flavored sparkling water. Yes. So it's like a little I would say. Yeah, better flavor than LaCroix. But same idea. But I'm not a LaCroix hater either. Yeah. It, like it's I mess in with, the same neighborhood. I mess with LaCroix. Yeah. Okay. So these are eight ninety nine for a 24-pack at Costco. That's not bad. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, not, pay- not, not bad. I'm paying like 18 bucks for my 35-pack of Diet Coke right now. See, I don't under like. I'm, okay, that, <laughs> that that's gonna get me to say something what? slick to you. What? That might be one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. <laughs> what do you mean? But this is followed by a guy. It's not I gotta cross my legs and just talk to you here. <laughs> Smashed privates and all. I like. I said, hey, yeah, yesterday, yeah. Would you? One of the hot seat questions was, would you give up your favorite protein? Mm-hmm. Or energy drinks for the rest of your life. And I asked, you conveniently said you had one. You wanted a bunch of qualifiers. Yeah. Do I still drink coffee? Could I do the? I said no. Like no, 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 caffeine. Ca- no caffeine drinks. Yeah, that's where I said no. You said yeah. I'm, I'm giving up the protein. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm like okay. You can have some substitutes. If you're a beef guy, go chicken shrimp. If yeah. you're like okay, that makes zero sense. Listen, it makes me happy. It just makes can you it can makes you walk happy. our listeners through how you described that you said you basically said you get too much joy yes. and you're not giving up the joy of drinking soda. Listen, it makes it's one of like the simple pleasures in life, and I get actual <laughs> I get actual joy from it. Oh my god! And that's probably an addiction. I understand that. That's fine, but it doesn't hurt anybody. You don't have any problems rationalizing that to me. <laughs> I, I don't care at all. Drinking soda yeah. is one of the simple pleasures in life. Yeah, absolutely. I love diet soda. I drink it all the time. Oh, I'm well aware. I don't drink water at all. I really? do not drink water. <laughs> I mean, okay. It's one of the, you know, it's, it's Valentine's Day. It's one of the things I love in life is diet soda. Why would I give that up? I, I've given it up before. I have. I've gone for more, what Lent? No, just for supposed health reasons. Because everybody's like, "Oh, diet soda is so bad for you." They're like, "You stop drinking diet soda, you'll feel a million times better." I I have stopped on separate occasions for months at a time with no soda, and I didn't feel the tiniest bit different. My man said drinking soda is one of life's simple pleasures. For me, for me, personally, <laughs> like walking on the beach, like. Um, <laughs> Sand a nice cigar. Like, I do like a nice cigar. You know, some nice seared scallops. Again, no, the, but that's like in the thirty-five bucks for an eighteen. No, 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 no. You you flipped them. Eighteen dollars for a thirty-five pack. Eighteen dollars. That's for a extortion. Pack. It is. No, they, it's gone up a lot. It used to be like thirteen, fourteen for a thirty-five pack. It's been the price has been jacked up. I'm not thrilled about it. Not gonna judge the fact you need. 35 either because i mean we all have our vices but you don't want me to tell you that i buy two at a time usually (laughs) okay 
Hey, I, see, I can see that. There's nothing wrong with stocking up because you don't want to run out. Running out is I, running out is terrible. See, he gets it. No, he doesn't. <laughs> this is the same guy yesterday that said he eats a box of Cheez-Its in a weekend. That's so, a therefore, lot of he doesn't rebox them. That's a he, lot of Cheez-Its. He chip clips the plastic. Mm, you got to rebox them because otherwise you end up with <laughs> mushed up Cheez-Its. But if you I, just set it on the counter, I just you just set you guys it on the counter. Like you I left a chip bad. clip. You put a chip clip on it. You can take it out of the box. And I do that because if I'm taking the trash out and I know I'm going to take that out later, I just, and I and there's room in the trash, I'm just going to get rid of it now. So I don't have to get rid of it just later. One of, it's one of life's simple pleasures. It is TV. one of life's simple pleasures. I, I listen, a chip my clip own, on I'm your trying Jesus. not to judge. Put in. <laughs> You're judging pretty hard. <laughs> in true Walt Kowalski fashion. Get off my lawn. You're, you're judging pretty hard here. Um, Soda. For, one of life's simple pleasures. For a guy that's sipping on knockoff LaCroix over here. Like I, you yeah, know, so this flavor judgy. is not great. What do we have? What flavor? This is, is Summerberry. Summer okay. And I bought this in the dead of winter. <laughs> of course. But it had strawberry in it. And you like, you like strawberry? No, oh, their strawberry is fantastic. Okay. You're just not a fan of that one? No. And it also came with Tropical Punch. Like, I'm a firm believer they give you... It's like mm-hmm. the facts of life. You got to take the good. You take the bad. Yeah. Uh, With the variety packs, you're always going to have at least one you don't like. Right. Yeah, always. Right. Always. So yeah. it's like, mm, I'm, pe- I'm peached out. Like yeah. The other, but, yeah, this this is not your sus- It's suspect, but it does the trick. You know what I never have that issue with? My Diet Coke. I never have that problem. Crack that thing open. Happy every time. No variety packs needed. But my dude said the simple play. Uh, <laughs> like eating a nice steak or something. <laughs> I, it's in the same neighborhood for me as like having a cigar. But it's so readily available. Like how can you get genuine joy over something that is so accessible I mean, outside of like your kids? Well, I mean, I get the same. <laughs> like my dogs are always readily available. I get joy from them. So dogs and soda, same not in the same neighborhood, but like a similar principle of, hey, it's always there, but it still makes me happy. You said, you, and you sold, a, you sold our listeners short, too, because yesterday you followed it up with, why would I rob myself of that pleasure? No, for sure. I, absolutely. Soda. For no reason. No. It's, it, why would I rob myself of something I enjoy and I get no benefit from stopping doing it? There's no benefit for me to stop drinking soda. None. You, you're, there's science out there. You know this, right? <laughs> There's science about rats. I'm not a rat. <laughs> okay. Listen, go. There, I've listen. I've. I don't want to go all Aaron Rodgers on you here, but I've done my research. Oh Lord. On the aspartame, right? Yeah. So there aren't we starting to do away with that? Some people are. So there's like a stevia diet, Pepsi and stuff. But here's the thing: the amount you would have to drink for it to affect you the way that it affects rats is. Astonishing even for me, the guy who buys 70 cans at a time at Costco. That is unbelievable. You're talking about dozens a day. Bless your heart. I'm like four or five a day tops. Maybe six. (laughs) Tops. Okay. Tops. To each zero. Maybe ten. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Seven. Maybe a dozen. Top. No. Uh, it's, It's usually between four and six a day. That's it. No big Uh-oh. deal. <laughs> Doc Sadler. No, 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 big, no deal. big deal. I did want to talk about things. Speaking of, of things that we are a little obsessed with or love here on Valentine's Day. No big deal. I told you yesterday I wanted to get to some random players that you just have an 
a, a strange affinity for. Like, they're not guys that, you know, I, I compare it to, and this, this guy's not on my list, even though I named one of my dogs after him, okay? Everybody during the Creighton era loved Doug McDermott, right? Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, I was I, obsessed I was, with So Ethan why did Rodney. you let me give away the – Which one? Why did you let me go the ups, the up reference when you're talking about Doug? Oh, like, Doug's not named after Doug McDermott. Okay. Roggy's named after Ethan Roggy. Well, that I mean, there aren't a lot of There's choices. not a lot of Roggies yeah, out there. Yeah. Um, I actually met one <laughs> randomly. Uh, this is a weird story. I met somebody who was related to Ethan Roggy, mm-hmm. and they thought it was super weird that I named my dog after their cousin. And I was like, listen, I was just a big fan. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> um, uh, well, I mean, I drink seven sodas a day. Six man. I mean, tops. <laughs> What's the big deal? Uh, no, Doug is named after. The that's really not that many. I mean, that's if you're Shane. up, and right, you're up like 18 hours anyway. So there's one every like three hours. Yeah, it's not bad at all. I wouldn't say eight. Yeah, I'm up. Yeah, eight. Pretty close. Yeah. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, it, Doug is named after the tree, the Douglas fir, because he was a Christmas present to my wife. So he's named after a pine tree because he's a Christmas tree. Well, Douglas fir. So is that his middle name? Yeah, they all have middle names. Fir is his middle name. Yep. You want to know what Roggy's middle name is? Oh, my gosh. I'm afraid. It's another Creighton player. Um, Buford. Ooh, that would be – Buford would be a great dog name, but that's not it. What? It's Rocky Funk. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Oh, my gosh. That's great. I I like that. I'm I'm – like, the whole day had me shook from this morning. I need to revisit some things. <laughs> Wasn't the contract signed? I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> wait. <laughs> all right. So you tried to give me Matt Camp, and I go, too good. He was too good yeah. to be our random love list. All okay. right. So who did you come up with? So, like, are we going to alternate or just Yeah, we'll alternate. We'll, we'll, we'll ping pong a little bit. So for a guy that doesn't – did never played for a team that I cheered for? Yeah, exactly. That's part of it, too. I loved ir- – totally irrational. I loved Willie McGee. Oh, okay. St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. A little speedster. Yeah. I, I grew up wanting to be Ozzie Smith. Okay, yeah. So I, I paid attention. To the Cardinals. And they were always a thorn in the side of the Dodgers. Yeah, they were pretty good. And and I, I have a an unhealthy affinity for – I'm like, why? how can he play with his nostrils so flared <laughs> like – could I, park a, could, but I, could I park a small car in there? He kind of like had a high back too. Like yeah, yeah. He's what we call like a high booty guy. Yeah, yeah. But he was still so fast and yeah. fluid. Like I was enamored with Willie McGee. He's the dude. They had the, uh, they had the AstroTurf at old Bush. At old Bush Stadium. Yeah. And he would just slap that ball straight into the ground. Yeah. And it would bounce super high. By the time it came down, he'd be at first base. A big, big Willie McGee guy. Big Willie. That's a good one. See, that's a random one. I like that. Yeah. Uh, my first one, also baseball. Baseball self really lends it. Baseball really lends itself to random guys that you have an affinity for. Yeah. Willie Mo Pena. Because of his name, the name helps. But he had prodigious power. Mm-hmm. I mean, and also he's the real life embodiment of Pedro Serrano from Major League. Like he's actually like. Could not hit a curveball. Mm-hmm. Hit straight ball very, very far. Oh, I got a guy like that. That, I mean, I, I was in, and I, I don't know why, I was obsessed with him before he ever played for the Red Sox. Like, I loved him when he played for the Reds, and then he came to the Red Sox for a couple of years, and I was over the moon about it. I saw him in Kansas City 
hit a baseball. They used, you know how they used to have the truck that you could win? Mm -hmm. He cleared the truck. This thing was 450 feet away, and he clears the truck. It was one of the hardest hit baseballs I've ever seen in my life. Just prodigious power. Never really figured it out because he couldn't hit curveballs or whatever. Ended up having a nice little career in Japan. But I loved Willie Mopin. I got that guy. Who was that? Uh, he played first base for the Dodgers. Okay. Guy by the name of Mike Marshall. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Big, big, big Mike Marshall guy. Yeah? No, for no good sound reason other than I felt like he saves a lot of bad throws. Mm, okay. He could pick it? Oh, yeah. Pick a machine. Very, very good defensively. Couldn't, I mean, you know, he's a dead red guy. Mm -hmm. um, but Mike Marshall belongs in that discussion. Uh, speaking of a Marshall, Marshall McDougal. This is a throwback name. From Florida State. Florida State guy, played in the late 90s, was up here at the College World Series. The reason he got on my radar is because I think it was against Maryland one year, I think in 99, 99, 2000, somewhere in there. Hit six home runs in a game. Now, this is peak gorilla ball era, right? So you have to keep that in mind. The unsanctioned bats, whatever. But six home runs in a game. So I, I, I saw that as like a headline on the, you know, early internet. You know, the little things like scroll and you're dialing up and stuff. And I, I became obsessed with him. He ends up in Omaha. And probably not that many people will remember this. But he hit a ball against Miami in the championship game. That would have won the College World Series, but it was a warning track shot. Came down. The, 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 the guy's back from Miami. It was like against the wall when he got this thing. I remember it like it was yesterday. I loved Marshall McDougal. Uh, so I, I got a hockey guy. Okay. I, I still want to – I'm sticking with Lenny Pinto too. Absolutely. I, I have uh, – Jessica Cootie let me know that she was interviewing him last week. Yeah. And she's like, hey, I, I'm, I'm interviewing your guy. Make sure you you're, you're – you're paying attention. <laughs> Tuned in. Ooh, no look and I, and I couldn't believe that she remembered that I have such a weird affinity yeah. for, for, for Pinto just because of his style. And like, they have a few aggressive guys, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Rich Love. Like, they have some guys. Um, big Peyton Rob guy. Obviously, Antrell being from right up the street. But Lenny Pinto um, belongs in that discussion. Now, this guy's weird because he's played for multiple teams, as have a lot of hockey guys. Mm -hmm. um, it's like San Yager is a flyer and some other bad, yeah, some weird hated franchises yeah, yeah. that Yager played for. But I used to like this guy, and I would pick him. My buddy Brian Kinkle and I, we would always play. Occasionally, I wouldn't go to class in Lincoln. And it was always because we were playing <laughs> NHL. Okay. Uh, you know, there are just so many good guys. You know, Erstep. Like, there's just a lot of guys that played, right? Yeah, So yeah. he and I, and we would pick all-star teams because you could make your own all-star teams. Yeah. I would always take Darius Kasparitis. Kasparitis. And I would always, I and mean, we would be playing, and I would, like, you know, I'd cross-check him. I was like, yeah, you got a case of the Kasparitis. <laughs> but he was, like, you know, he would protect the Penn Stars in the 90s. So he's the enforcer. And he wasn't a big guy, yeah, necessarily. But I, I'm a big, I'm a big Darius Casparitis guy. guy. Yeah. Um, here's one that is super random, but you actually know him. Okay. And it might exclusively be because of his name. This is the, the love you love him. Tim Biakabatuka. Oh my god! An all-time name. 
So, full disclosure, yeah. Biak is a guy that I would like to just spend like a month with. He was unbelievable. He reminded, outside of the gifted part, mm-hmm. he reminded me a lot of me. <laughs> he was unbelievably gifted. He's like low-key kind of a genius, right? Like he's yes. really smart. Yes. Yes. And he was a high- he, he comes was- from a super smart family. Like right. an his, academic yeah, family. His, his dad taught at the university yeah. in, in Montreal. Yeah. But he's originally from Africa. And so he had this great accent, and he was super pigeon-toed, which is why I think he kind of had knee injuries because he walked on the balls of his feet. Yeah. But he was so smart. And he was like – he was always kind of this deeper level think. Mm-hmm. Like we had – this isn't for radio, but we would have like these conversations about guys on our team mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, Wesley Walls and, and – and, really interesting stuff about Ray Carruth and we all went shopping one day but Tim, he yeah. was kind of like a mentor but he had like this high running style mm-hmm. and I remember he's the guy that first told me if you're hurt if you want to make it to IR don't try to come back where they get you on film mm-hmm. because if they if they get you on film then they can cut you yeah so if you're hurt <laughs> just be hurt <laughs> <laughs> I just was like, okay, because you're like, not putting good film. No, out when he you're just hurt. he just yeah. was very very. He was he was brilliant. Could yeah. speak multiple languages. Yeah, yeah. He he. I'm a big Bianca Batista. I just fan. remember seeing him at Michigan. No, you talk about being too good. He's too good. You wouldn't let me use Matt Kemp. Well, I mean, in the NFL, he wasn't what he was at Michigan. He, 90s range. I I just love. He Bianca he was Batuka. amazing. Uh, I got a weird one for a running back. All right, St- Steelers. Weird, right? Yeah. Walter Abercrombie. Oh. And it was a name thing. Yeah. Guys with good names are easy to like. And I was like, ah, way to rock that 34. You know, like, I, yeah. I was a, I was a Dante Calabria, Calabria's Carolina. A there's, a, there's a lot of guys that I like that. Novar Garcia Parra, great name. Too Pete, good, but. Pete Chilcutt. <laughs> Coming up next, we got more. Heard out radio here on AM590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, KFOR in Lincoln. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Welcome back to Hurt at Sports Radio here on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and KFOR in Lincoln. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. DB and I going through some names of random guys we love in sports. Some irrational loves on a... Fake Rational. love day. Well, listen, it's real love. It's a fake day. Uh, Mary J. Blige, real love. Uh, I'm searching for a real love. Was that was that off? What's the four one one? I yeah. don't remember. That's in my wheelhouse. Yeah, that's fair. Can I can I give you guys? No, a, uh, Shane. Please. <laughs> no, go just, ahead, Shane. Go ahead. I would love to be able to do this. <laughs> just oh. go ahead. Okay. Because you're talking video games. The guy I always went for in a, in a video game was NCAA basketball for the Super NES which was like a 92, 93 game, something. It was always Ray Allen. I mean, that was, that, really? was my, that, was, that was my go-to guy. Was he on that Coach K UConn team? No, not Coach K. UConn? Coach Calhoun? All right, I'm going to say this real slow for you. Coach K was the video game. Oh, okay, I did UConn not know that. UConn was the team. I did not know that. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Do you you having like a, a moment here? Like, no, Coach K did not. Coach oh, K. you and TK on me about being old. 
That's cool. And here, like newsflash, I'm not that old. <laughs> You're not that much older than me, which is why it's a little Bunk funny. Man just tweeted at me. You got to take credit for that senior moment. Um, Did I have one? Drunk. Well, I don't remember which one. It was probably about technology, if I'm by guessing. The, by the way, do monks drink? Yeah, they invented beer. Oh, the more you know. Yeah. They like, that's, what else are they going to do? They, they invented beer. The drunk monks. monk. Uh, he says Earl Boykins. Drunk monk says Earl Boykins, which is terrific ones. Yeah. Five, five, nuggets. Yeah, he can handle it. He could, yeah, he could get a little bucket, too. He, yeah. was, he was a bucket. Was that Travis that likes the 07, basically the 07 Rockies? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I, and I and I was just double-checking because I didn't get a chance to Google it. I'm pretty sure that was Ybaldo Jimenez. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. As the closer. Now, those guys, so they had the off-traveled um, – he was a Cub and a tw- uh, he was a twin too. Uh, Latroy Hawkins. Oh yeah, yeah. Was was yep. on that team. Now that team could hit. They could. They because that was like Matt Holiday. Yep. Peak Matt Holiday. Uh, Tulo was there. Tulo was on that team. I'm trying to remember who else was on. That team. Um, what's his buckets? Tennessee. Todd Helton. Love yep. Todd Helton. Helton was there. Yep. Um, he was. That was the team that got swept by the Red Sox in the series. Who caught? Was it Ionetta? Was it Ionetta? Might have been Barnes. I don't remember. I, I don't know. Like, I don't remember now. But that team could rake a little bit. So I, I, he's like the third Rockies fan I know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not. You know, the Colorado Josh. Yeah. Obviously, he loves the Rockies. And um, uh, Don Meyer, who always changes his X handle. He does. I don't know who he is I never now. know. Yeah, I never <laughs> know. Um, he's a, I think he's a big Rockies my guy. My buddy Kyle is a big Rockies fan. He's from Colorado originally. Yeah. So he's a big Rockies guy. Um, but yeah, he uh, those that 07 Rockies team was low key kind of fun. Well, they could rake. They really could. Nothing against my 07 Sox though. Couldn't do it. Uh, <clears throat> don't worry about it. I got. I went down a rabbit hole, and I blame um, uh, TikTok. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a guy. I I gotta. I should follow the account, but I have this weird thing. Like I don't want to get to 40 followers. We're following. Yeah, that yeah. following. So I'm at 39. <laughs> it's so stupid. Like, there's no even good reason. None. Like zero. I do the same thing on Twitter though. Like, so I, I'm like, I don't want to get over. There's the guy that posts top fives of all times from schools, and uh, it's basketball. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. He had Tolliver on his top five Jays of all time. Ooh, at number five. Ooh. So here's the funny thing about Tolliver. He was better as a pro 100%. than he was at Creighton. Like, the fact – and he, he had a nice senior year at Creighton. But before that, he was largely kind of disappointing. And this is not hating on him at all. It's actually giving him credit for finding a way to make a really nice NBA career despite the fact that he sort of had a hard time. Because I don't know if you remember in college, he had a set shot. Yeah. He had, you know, and college. he had, like, Felipe Lopez on St. John. I don't, I don't know if I would have mm. – had I mean, Felipe Lopez. top five Creighton off the top of my head. You got to go Doug, obviously. Was Cor- uh, Corvers. D- D- Doug was one. Who was two? What it was gonna, He's probably going to go old school. No? Or if he didn't go old school, then he's probably wrong. He went Corver. Eh, Corver's two. okay at two. two. But after that, you probably either have to go like Benoit. Benoit was four. You probably have to go like a, uh, uh, like a Hartstad. Nope. Um, You're going to miss the obvious because he's old. Oh, who's the other Maybe one? Maybe known for it more as a coach. Uh, oh, uh, Paul Silas. Correct. Um, he probably didn't put Bob Gibson on there, nope. but maybe he should have. Uh, there's another one at, at, around the same era as Harstad that I always 
uh, forget. I think his name was also Bob. I'm trying to remember. Are you here. thinking of Gallagher? Gall- yeah, Gallagher. Was it Chad? Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, was it Mason? Um, he didn't put, like, funk on there, did he? Nope. My personal favorite, P. Allen Stinnett. No. <laughs> did you know the funny thing about that? I was at a basketball game. Yeah. At Miller North. Yeah. Getting ready to do a Cox broadcast. Mm-hmm. This is because that's what early two thousands. No, no, it's like Mid- early twenty early twenty ten. Yeah, Late yeah, yeah, 2000s, yeah. Early twenty tens. So, and we're in a knockdown dragout with this particular individual <laughs> over whether P. Allen Stanett is going to cost Dana Altman his job. I swear to goodness, it was the most uncomfortable public conversation <laughs> ever, and he's like pointing at me, and I'm, we're getting ready to go on air, and it's just like. Are you really? Wait, and he changed his, he sold his soul to the devil, and <laughs> damn it, I swear, Damon, I swear, it's going to be the end of him. I and mean, I, and the, the, my dialect kind of, I was talking to an older gentleman. Yeah. Like, this dude really wanted He was to, getting after it. Yeah, over, over P. Allen. That's funny. Uh, super talented guy, but didn't, you know. Uh, so, I mean, I named more than five guys there. I don't think I'd put... I can't remember who he put for five. I don't think I'd put Tolliver on the list. Oh, it was, it was Tolliver. Tolliver was five. I wouldn't put Tolliver on the list. Tolliver was five. Um, Silas, Silas. Was, or Benoit was four. Silas was three. Corver was two. Doug I don't have one. a problem with the first four in some order, uh, but there's better players than Tolliver in great history. What it, has college players. Is Felipe Lopez a top five St. John? Probably not. He did go with Malik Seeley, which I like. Mark Jackson was five. Mark Jackson. Walter uh, Berry was two. Chris Mullen was Chris one. Chris Mullen has to be there. Um, I'm not as good with St. John's as I am because they were. Who, who would you have made one at Georgetown? I mean, my gut was Ewing. He made Ewing one. Who? Iverson two. You would have gone Iverson. He was unbelievable. Ewing had a better I, Iver, Iverson's place in history is going to be lost yeah, because of his era. Because of his era and because he didn't win at the highest level. And I, I'm not saying it's his fault even. I, Iverson was unbelievable. He was. But the guys that don't, I mean, like your. I didn't love his Tar Heels either. Like your Bernard Kings, like the guys that uh, uh, not. Tennessee's finest. Like, the guys that didn't win at a super high level, even though they were incredible, get lost. Um, George Gervin gets lost to history because he wasn't a Celtic or a Laker or, you know, like, he didn't win at that level. Those guys fall through the cracks historically. Yeah. And it's too bad because some of them are better than the guys we remember, right? Like, they just are, but they weren't in the right situation or they didn't. Especially back in the day when, you know, like, like pre-free agency and stuff and you didn't have a lot of choice on – what was going on around you. Like now, if you don't win and you're supposed to be one of the great players. You know who gets left out and he's current and he's a dookie who get because I was just thinking about his yeah. Duke list. And they took it one step further and he went like blue Duke versus white Duke. Mm-hmm. Do you know who – and he only, maybe it was because he only played one year. Who? But he was going for like 19 a night. Brandon Ingram Brandon was, Ingram was a bucket. way good. Brandon Ingram was a bucket. And nobody puts him on their list. Yeah. He was sensational. Well, amazing Daniel brings one up. He says if Barkley wasn't so visible post-career, he could fall into the gaps as far as somebody Being, who's forgotten historically. I, I believe it. Yeah, but he's so visible now. He was phenomenal. Though. He was, but again, 
because he didn't win at that super high level. That he's probably more visible now than he was back then. Oh, absolutely. Then. He's I, more famous he's, now than he's ever been, yeah. I think. I kind of feel like Daniel just said that. Yeah, that's what he said. Shane, um, are you listening to the show? <laughs> you see, I low-key turn my back to Shane. I'm on delay. <laughs> I don't think you seven, are, Shane. Seven seconds, permanant delay. That's that's just a – But anyway, I like that li- – it's so interesting. So who are his Carolina guys that he had an issue with? I mean, Jordan, number one, <laughs> yeah. right? Was uh, it James Worthy? Uh, Worthy was there. Okay. Um, Antoine Jameson and Vince Carter and Tyler Hansbrough. Hansbrough I get because he was – Hugely productive, and he got a championship. He won a ton. Yes. I, I get Hansbro. Jamison and Carter, for as good as they were, and how good as they were in the NBA. Vince Carter was five. I just don't know, like, could I talk and not have, like, Brad Doherty? That's the thing. Brad Doherty was better at Carolina than either of those two guys. Sam Perkins was incredible. Yeah. Sam Perkins should be on that list. But, you know, somebody's got to get left off. I just thought the recency... Well, but then I, he would go like Marquette and some of these teams, and it, he didn't go recent. It sounds like he, he used Milt, Wag, Milt Wagner and Purvis okay. at, at Louisville. You know, so he kind of fluctuated. Mm. I'm going to find him because it will come up on my we'll FYP it out. page. We'll wrap up the show coming up next. <laughs> You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Wrapping up the show here on a Wednesday on Herdat Sports Radio, AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. Ron KFOR in Lincoln as well as streaming live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. I found the TikTok user. You did, yeah. You'll have to send me send me the top, yeah, it, it, The TikTok user is top five lists. Top five lists. Yeah, there's, there's some great debates. There are, and that's, I mean, when you've, you know, what did I name? I named seven or eight Creighton players. I wouldn't be mad at any five of them. You know, it's kind of funny that we uh, that we are, ended up talking about top fives because randomly last night, I have no idea what the context was. One of my buddies from college texts me and says, who are your top five NBA players of all time? It's like 1030 at night. I'm trying to fall asleep. <laughs> and But I had to answer him, right, because, you know. And so – it's sort of funny that we ended up on this because it, we, I didn't plan to talk about top five anything today. Of course, we didn't get to anything that I planned to talk about today, but that's okay. We'll talk about the Super Bowl at some point probably. Well, by then it's, it's just going to be – it's not even going to be super anymore. It's just going to be regular football topics. Yeah. Um, but on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline, we got Kirk. He's got a story, I think, because he messaged me. He's got a story about, I think, meeting Clint Eastwood. No way. Kirk, what do you got? Or Kurt, sorry. Hey. Kurt, what's up? Hey, Damon, I got a Clint Eastwood story for you. <laughs> All right, talk to me. Now, now, after I got out of the military, I moved to California to work as a contractor. And my girlfriend and I are down in Monterey. We're in a convenience store. And she's like, hey, hey, that's Clint Eastwood. And I'm like, oh, no way. That's not Clint Eastwood. And this dude in front of us, checkup line, turns around and goes, yes, I'm Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> just, just. Deadpan, straight face. Just as cool, just as cool as a cucumber. So we start talking and everything, and we talk for about five minutes. And he goes, oh, "Well, what brings you? What brings you here?" I said, "Well, we're just tourists, but I live up in in Mountain View. I'm a contractor. I just got out of the Air Force, and uh, I'm working up here." He goes, "Well, thank you for your service." And he goes, 
Well, heck, it's almost lunchtime. Would you guys like to join me for lunch? No, no way. And I'm sitting there eating lunch with this dude and trying to be cool and everything. And my brain's going, Clint freaking Eastwood just bought you lunch. Do, do military guys know how to not fanboy? You're like, your guys are so good with your emotions. Well, he, dude, he is just the most humble, down to earth. If you didn't know who the freak he was, you'd think he's some farmer from Central Nebraska. <laughs> just some old dude out buying lunch. Just, I, I appreciate yeah, well, the story, man. This was 2006, so it was still, you know, he wasn't that old. But also, one other thing, um, totally different subject. Super Bowl's been covered up by all the drama with Kelsey and and Reed and Taylor Swift and all that. But what hasn't been brought up, I haven't read too much, is how the Chiefs adjusted at halftime to Greenlaw being out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's a really good cover cover backer. Mm -hmm. So so his sub – is not as good in coverage, so the chat on San Francisco, they run a wide receiver across the formation, touchdown, and he's being covered by a backer. Yeah. Mm. You need you need to be able to do my he should do my job. <laughs> Kirk, that's actually well, pretty good, man. Appreciate well, it. Well, I've been I've been coaching high school ball for a while, but uh, we Damon, you and I have talked before about Kevin Kelly. The, the coach that doesn't punt. Oh yeah, that's right. The, the, we we yep. got into that whole analytics talk, and yeah. Oh, nice, right. good, good. I appreciate no, he, you listening, man. He got a, another high school gig now at a public school down in South Arkansas. Let's see how he can do at a public school where they don't recruit as much as they did at a private school. But mm. he, <laughs> man, man, man after my own heart. He's the guy that was at Presbyterian. I, I for appreciate a hot minute, the call. Right? I, I liked him more with everything he said. <laughs> He just kept going, kept piling on. Kurt, we so, appreciate the call on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline. So, if you guys actually sat down and had dinner or lunch or breakfast with Clint Eastwood, what would you actually talk to him about? I, I don't, um, I don't know. Like, I would pick a couple of guys before him. Yeah, I'm not enamored with Clint Eastwood. Like, I just, cool. I love sure. his movies. Like, I don't know anything about. The only thing that he did that that I like watched that I didn't like, mm-hmm. but, but it won all of the awards. So. DB has terrible taste, but I was not a big million dollar baby guy. I was gonna, say, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's fine. I saw. I watched it one I, time. I can't. It's just. It's, it's too a one time watch. It's too much. Yeah, I. I don't. I mean, I'm not a. I don't dislike Clint Eastwood. I'm not a huge Clint Eastwood guy. There's definitely people I'd pick before him, but it would be super cool just to randomly. I mean, that's yeah. an awesome story. Just to go to lunch. Yeah. Well, and not just that, but the way he introduced it, it's like, yep, this is Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> like that's incredible. Yeah, man. Uh, that's I remember that. Cool Shane, do you remember when he? So I don't know if he messaged me on social media or he actually called in. I was with a, a is a different time in my life. Yeah. So this was some years ago. Yeah. That we he was talking to me about. Well, he the, found the guy me, that, and I've been messaging him back and forth. A yeah, little good. Bit. He, smart. Uh, like it makes sense now. And he said he was going to call in, and so I shot him the number. And yeah. Then he just it, called. It totally makes sense because we were. He's talking about the guy that was at Presbyterian, right? Yeah. For and, like a year. And I was, and I remember the topic because I was talking about how I can't stand how analytics is starting to creep into football. This is how long ago this was. You were out on the analytics. You're the. That's all they talk about now. So this was early. This was probably like. We got to be going ten years ago. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Eight, eight years ago. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Like 2016, 2017? It was like, uh, it was, and now it's everywhere. Before you and I were friends? Yeah. Before it ruined the <laughs> NBA and college basketball. And, and baseball? 
I'm so over it in baseball. But I'm not going to be a curmudgeon about baseball because yeah. the rules are starting to come back. To, yeah, they're trying to fix it. Yeah. They're trying to fix it a little bit. Uh, and, I'm, and I I'm, think they'll start to try to fix it in basketball too. I do. If, I think they're going to make it a little easier to defend. You know, J.J. Uh, Redick th- uh, uh, and Ryan Rosillo are on this. I think I like J.J. Redick more than most. Are you a J.J. Redick? I like J.J. Redick a lot. I think J.J. Redick is fantastic. Really good. I think he's fantastic. Yeah, I think he's really, really People good. People hate on that guy. Like, really insightful. He's, he's legit. I think he's entertaining as well. I'm a big J.J. Redick guy. I'd rather have J.J. Redick over, like, Richard Jefferson any day of the week. I'm not. I'm not R- a Richard Jeff I'm guy. I'm not an R.J. guy. I'm not either. Um, but the, you know, I, I Rosillo and, and J.J. Redick are on this um, kind of crusade to kind of redefine a legal guarding position because offensive players have found a way to basically cheat code the rules so that the refs have to call certain things defensive fouls mm-hmm. that are absolutely not defense or should not be defensive fouls in the sense that the offense is initiating everything they're initiating all the contact and they're doing it specifically you're not talking about Jalen Brunson that was a great call next question <laughs> no 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 I'm talking about when you're driving because my man Thibodeau I thought he would eat the fine. Did you see the yeah. the yeah. Yeah. I I mean I think he said as much by saying that as he could have if he had said something else. You know and he I mean? gets mad about it a lot, so yeah. it's hard to like It's almost more impactful when he doesn't get mad. You're like, "Uh-oh." <laughs> Cuz there's two ways that like really impact you, right? I'm not a yeller, so if I yell, people are like, "Oh no, what's happening?" Yeah. And like when I was coaching, not a yeller, right? I'm just not. I'm very like, I'll go up to a guy, I'll talk to him. I was, I was usually the good cop in this, those situations. Be like, hey, yeah, I'd be the pick him back up guy. If I yelled about something, ears perked up immediately. And then there's the opposite, where guys are yelling all the time. Mm-hmm. That was my head coach. He'd be yelling all the time. If he went quiet on you, you're like, oh, no, what's, what, we're, in, we're in deep here. It's like, a hur- it's like it gets real quiet right before a tornado. Some T.O. type stuff. Yeah, like that, that gets a little, a little bit freaky there, but – um, he said, "Like a farmer in Central Nebraska." <laughs> Dude, that was killer. Which reminds that me, that was man, great. My, my that, man, that was like a top ten call. That was right a great there. call. My, my man Brett, the Zickmans. Yeah, yeah, he's coming to Omaha. There we go. Yeah, yeah. he said he, he called yesterday, right? He's visiting. No, that's a different Brett. That's North Platte Brett. Oh, you, man, you're confusing me. Too many Bretts. Not, not Central City Brett. You got Bretts and Mats all over the place. I don't if know. Zickman was moving to Omaha, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I think I would ask Clint about yard care. I mean, because he's really into you know keeping people off his yard and stuff. So I think he would. I mean, he would probably go for that. Is that were you trying to set up this whole thing to make that joke, Shane? Yep. So you know who I bet and, comes back. My my man. Oh come on! Uh, my man, shake your my head. man Colorado great. Tim. Not speaking of grass, not worth it. Not worth it. Oh, no. were you saving that? He was no. set. That's why he asked us what we would talk about Clint Eastwood at lunch. That Actually, in all honesty, setup. in all honesty, I would ask him about what it takes to get in, not into movies, but what his process is. I would ask him. And like the way he does music, because he does like the scoring and that sort of stuff. So, I mean, I, w- I would go into that. Yeah, I, I may be something a I'd little deeper, like the whole not typecasting thing, like how we got away from yeah. the Westerns to, yeah. to Dirty Harry, then to... Um, you know, million dollar baby to how to you know hitting a curve. I would trouble with the curve. So out of rawhide and all that. Was, how to hit one? I you obviously it, have trouble with it. I thought it was. I I mean it's it's impressive the way he went from actor to filmmaker, right? Like that's a cool transition. Uh, my guy Ian Texan talking about when you know coaches are mad. He goes, he knew he was in trouble when his 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 coach would say his last name correctly. 
<laughs> like if he pronounced his name correctly, <laughs> he knew he was in it. Like when your parents use your man, it's yes. all she wrote. When you're using your government name, you are in trouble. That's all we have for today. We will probably discuss the Super Bowl at some point this week. <laughs> nope, just um, a game now. I still have more questions, DB. No, um, I'm with you. I, I, I'm going to humor you. We're going we're gonna to get to them eventually, but... Another fun show today with my guy, DB. We will be back tomorrow here on Herd at Sports Radio, AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and KFOR in Lincoln. Hail Varsity Radio, every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hail Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hail Varsity Radio.